Ten years ago, I said, it's time. It's show time. Ten years later, I'm here to say, one last time. Nerd talk. Dork talk. Real talk. The coolest podcast ever. Concludes. For what seems like an eternity. I run to push back my anxiety. I run to keep the pain at bay. But most importantly, I run towards my dream. I run towards my goals. I run towards my salvation. What does that look like? Well, ever since I was a little boy, there's been a song that has resonated with me. I have often dreamed of a far-off place Where a hero's welcome would be waiting for me And the crowds would cheer when they see my face And a voice keeps saying This is where I'm meant to be I'll be there someday I can go the distance I will find my way If I can be strong I know every mile Would be worth my while If I go the distance, I'll be right where I belong. And the image in my head, it's much like the Disney Hercules movie, where I'm up on Mount Olympus with a pretty little dainty cute girl like Meg by my side, looking out to my adoring public. I've run so hard, so fast, for so long. I don't remember a time when I wasn't chasing this dream. So what happens when you run out of road and you can't run anymore? And Olympus seems so far away still. Maybe a place of myth. Maybe that happiness doesn't exist for me. But I am tired. I'm not saying I won't run ever again, but I think it's time for me to just sit down for a little bit. It is me, Vladimir von Count. I'm being told I'm here to say farewell to all and to all a good night. <laughs> Getting cancelled, are we? Oh, oh, oh. Back to the unemployment line. Well, at least for old Kenny.
I'm an immortal who's amassed a sizable fortune over the many, many, many years I've been alive for. Just look, I live in a beautiful and fabulous Transylvanian castle. <laughs> Now, I mean, I can't tell you how much creative juices that old Kenny has left. I mean, I could. I mean, I could mesmerize him and gaze deep into his eyes and have him reveal all his secrets to me. But I live by one simple rule. No homo! I refuse to gaze into his eyes. However nice they are for Asian eyes. Yes, he's the only Asian person I've ever come across that doesn't have a slit for an eye. <laughs> yes, you could tell he used to be handsome. And he'll tell you he was quite a delicacy back in his day. But he's quite a psychopath, I'll tell you that much. I couldn't tell you, I mean, again, I could, I'm just not going to because I am not a homosexual. But I can tell you, I was running at the creative juices on my end. Very hard to tell stories, or at least worthwhile engaging in trancing, count level stories. Because, as you well know, for the past few years, I've been vegan. Because there's two things that I am not. A, as we just established, I am no homosexual. And B, no fat chicks. I understand this is not a visual medium, but if it were, you would see how thin I've become. How much weight I've lost. I look sickly. It's horrible. But it doesn't matter, I have no one to impress. I can't appear in mirrors. Just as long as Big Bird keeps his big mouth shut and reminding me how horrible and gaunt I look, everything will be fine. Ah, <laughs> uh, There's just no way in hell I'm getting back out there. This pandemic has ruined them all for me. The attractive ones... Why, they've been making up for lost time, whoring it up. They've been catching STDs faster than One Cent Abbey, a discount one-legged prostitute who used to work at the Moulin Rouge. <laughs> She was quite gross. And so are these current-day good-looking women. If I drank from them, I no doubt would catch AIDS. It's 2022, man. Who catches AIDS anymore? Uh, 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 except for the homosexuals. They're a filthy bunch. Oh, oh, oh. You can't cancel me. I'm on my way out. But then that leaves the undesirables. The fat chicks. Many of which were not fat prior to the 2020 lockdown. These used to be good ones. These used to be the easy ones. These were the ones that used to have a big hole in them that needed filling. And a handsome debonair like myself used to be exactly what the doctor ordered. Well, the doctor probably ordered a lifetime of therapy due to her daddy not loving her enough. But perfect for the count to swoop in. Or I guess more flap in. I've learned the power of the bat. 
I've learned how to turn to a bat, not quite an eagle yet. But now, with all this free time, that's next. But you'll never know, because this is the end! <laughs> oh, my apologies, old Kenny. I know this hurts for you, but... The Count doesn't care. Oh, 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 oh. That a steak you have in your hand, you put that away! All right, he's fat. He'll never catch me here. Where was I? Oh, yes. There used to be some skinny girls who tried real hard. Harder than the naturally hot ones. They needed the love of a handsome, dapper gentleman like myself to give them reason in life to go on. But in 2020, they found a substitute being locked down in their homes. Donuts. Cheeseburgers! Popeye's fried chicken! They filled that hole left to them by their absentee father, whether emotionally or physically. If they lived in Scarborough, it was definitely physically. Turns out old Kenny was right. These beaches! That's just food! That's just a slice of pizza! Not love! But regardless, there's too many chunky bitches now. And even though I'm the living dead, I still like to keep a low cholesterol diet. I don't want to feel like shit all day, do I? What am I talking about? I don't feel anything. But I feel like I would. I feel like I would be like old Kenny, scarred by his past. Scarred by his experiences. If I sunk that low as to drink from a fatty. I mean, I suppose I could drink from a child. But what do I look like? A Catholic priest? <laughs> Come after me with your crosses, will you? Look who's got the last laugh. <laughs> and they used to call me a monster. <laughs> well, it's been good. We're not making it to Halloween this year, so... Here's an early... End of summer present. So, have a happy Halloween! Or don't, I don't need to pretend like I care anymore. The end is nigh! Enjoy! Old Kenny doesn't want to put in sound effects on this one. He says, uh... Forget these sons of bitches who do not love him! Not wasting my time putting in sound effects. So, imagine... I am now smoke! I'm now a bot, and I'm gone! I just wanted to take a second to congratulate old Kenny on a job well done on completing his show. As that candy-ass Drake would say, you started from the bottom, now you're here. I didn't think you had it in you. You went from zero to hero, and now... You can retire on your riches. Wait, that's not why he's leaving? Quite the opposite. Nobody cares. These are your numbers? I thought these were supposed to be season 10 numbers, not season 1. Oh, for the love of Christ. You could have opened up a window, screamed your Kenny Ho show out of it, and reached more people. It turns out you're a loser after all. No wonder you're sad. 
You're pathetic. You're fat and you're lazy. Kenny Ho, you have failed this city. Hey, 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 cut the music. Enough of this shit. Screw you, Ollie. You've been breaking my balls for 10 years. Listen, let's get one thing straight. Even though you and I both were good-looking guys once upon a time, I took a steep detour in and around my mid-twenties and became rather homely. And even though you put on a couple pounds before it was all said and done, you were still, at the end of the day, Aryan race, okay? Bitches lap that shit up. Especially Asian girls, because those bitches are sellouts, alright? Those bitches are like, Oh, Asian guys aren't good enough for me. I want to get juked by a handsome white man. They're superior. They're better than you. They're even better than me. I want to get dominated by the master race. Listen, bitch. Chicks like you, at best, deserve to run a convenience store. Nay, nay, nay. At best, deserve to work at a convenience store. No power, okay? I didn't say white power, okay, bitch? Don't get excited. But listen, Ollie. The difference between you and I? You grew up rich. I'm still poor. If for nothing else, you had both Laurel Lance back in her ruby days and Sarah Lance, who's a cute blonde with big boobs. Listen. And that's not even it. There's more. You got stranded on an island, but somehow walked away nailing some exotic half-Asian, half-white girl in shadow. What are the chances of that, huh? I guarantee you, if I ended up on that island, I'd either get eaten or molested by Yao Fei. Didn't you get to nail a Russian girl on that island as well? Like, that's so crazy. Not only did you become, like, some badass killer, you got in a super great shape and stuff, you got to nail a bunch of chicks. I am telling you, Luck has a lot to do with it. Not everything, but a lot to do with it because you show up on that island, you get a bunch of ass. I show up on that island, I am the ass. And then you come back and then then you and your dad like tag team Summer Glow. My goodness. And then that's not even it. You get all this wonderful stuff in your life and then you top it all off with baby girl Felicity Smoke. Oh my goodness. Like, you have to be successful. You get a girl like that, and you don't become Arrow? Something's real wrong with you. Even me, like, as damaged as I am. If I had Felicity Smoke, I'm Arrow. I'm doing those, like, hoppity-hoppity-hop chin-ups. I'm shooting arrows left, right, and center. I'm shooting tennis balls out of the air. My goodness. Like, there was no chance in hell, even though she was not initially written in as your love interest, but there's no way in hell that girl looks at you and doesn't want to jump your bones. I'm telling you, I have met plenty of beautiful women in my day, some of which are arguably even better looking than Felicity Smoke. And guess what happened? A bunch of hot, beautiful girls on the level of Felicity Smoke, if not hotter, Guess what happened? No surprise here. They all universally, unanimously, all together at once, rejected old Kenny. 
Dude, one of these girls went to Harvard. This girl was a Harvard grad. Believe me, if I got the hot Harvard grad girl, never mind Arrow, I'm Batman. Bare minimum, I'm getting shit done. The Kenny Ho show is going to be a big deal because when you have your other half, life is a whole lot easier. And I'm not going to shit all over myself. What I've been through in my day, having to deal with it by myself, no significant other, no better half ever. The fact that I'm still here, the fact that I'm still trying to do better in life and not just give the hell up. I mean, I'm giving up on Kenny Hosho, but that's just like, that just makes sense. Because doing better in life takes time. Wait, wait, I'm getting in, I'm explaining myself too much. All I'm saying is, Ollie, no shit all over me. Sure, I haven't really accomplished anything in my life, but the fact that I didn't go through with getting the rope, go through with getting the rickety stool, and calling it a day is not nothing. It's not a big deal, but it's not nothing. So, Ollie, all I'm going to have to say is, Oliver Queen, you can kiss my ass. Thank you, thank you, you're far too kind. Aw, yeah. That's a mighty fine shooting, Johnson. We're in a nice, rich, white neighborhood, and that black guy was definitely up to no good. Oh. He was up to no good? This is it. The final episode of the Kenny Ho Show. 350. Shit's about to go crazy. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Cooking raw with the northern boys. So for one last time, I need y'all to roar. Uh, what? Yeah. What the hell are you waiting for? Cause after me, there shall be no more. So for one last time, make some noise. You know, fresh it and hoe, riddle me that The rest of y'all know where I'm lyrically at Can't none of y'all mirror me back, yeah Hear me raps like hearing G rapping his prime I'm young H.O. raps, grateful dead About to take over the globe, now break bread I'm in Bowen, just stop I'm not in any of this shit I can barely afford a bus pass to get to work Ugh, sad face Grand opening, grand closing God damn your manhole, crack the can open again Who you gonna find doper than him With no pen, just drawn up inspiration Soon you're gonna see you can't replace him With no cheap imitations for these generations Encore, do you want more? Cooking raw with that northern boar So for one last time, I need y'all to roar Hey man after me, there shall be no more So for one last time, make some noise What the hell are you waiting for? Look what you made me to Look what I made for you New, if I pay my dues, how will they pay you? When you first come in the game, if they try to play you Then you drop a couple of hits Look how they wave to you From Marcy to Matt out 
nothing It's just lows all the time As fate would have it All Kenny's status appears to be at an all-time Perfect time to say goodbye When I come back like Jordan Wearing the 4-5 It ain't to play games with you It's to take aim at you Probably maim ya If I owe you, I'm blowing you to smithereens Sucker, take one for the team And I need you to remember one thing I came, I saw Nah, I didn't do any of this shit So, if you want this encore I need you to scream till your lungs are sore Come on I'm tired of being what you want me to be Feeling so faithless Lost under the surface I don't know what you're expecting of me But under the pressure Of walking in your shoes Every step that I take Is another mistake to you And every second I waste Is more than I can take I've become so numb I can't feel you there Become so tired So much more aware I'm becoming this All I want to do Is be more like me And be less like you Become so numb Can I get an encore? Do you want more, 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 more? I've become so dumb So for one last time I need y'all to roar One last time I need y'all to roar One last time. How the hell do I start these shows again? Hey, hey, what up? Oh, yes, yes. Hey, hey, what up? It's old Kenny here with you for a brand new episode. The final brand new episode of the old Kenny Ho Show. No, actually, I've always wanted to do it like this. My name is Kenny Ho, and this is my show. And I'm not kidding you when I tell you I have no idea how these shows go anymore. I started writing jokes and I'm like, wait a minute, do I do that for this show? I feel like, well, I mean, during the pandemic, I wrote a shitload of jokes, but uh, usually I just get on here and hope for the best, right? But because I forgot that, I wrote a joke. So let's try it out. Well, why not? I said I'm gonna bring back all the hits, right? 
the first like two seasons of the Kenny Ho show, at least the first one. I don't remember if it happened in second to uh, second season, uh, but certainly in the first season of the Kenny Ho show, every single word you heard on there was scripted. It was written down. Eventually, I weaned myself off of it. I wrote scripts, but then like I'd be like, oh, okay, I get the gist of what I was going for here. Go there, and years and years later. No script, no plan, no idea, but also no fans. I got good at it, but no one stuck around to give a shit. But I digress. Here we go. A joke I wrote for the Kenny Ho Show finale. Three Jews walk into a bar, and one of them looks like Natalie Portman. The other two are now irrelevant to my story. Because my god, that third one looks scrumptious. Mm-mm, good. And the joke should end there. Because if it was real life, and I were at that bar, let's say I fell off the wagon again and started drinking again, I would walk up to that Natalie Portman lookalike and be like, Hey, baby, would you like me to buy you a drink? And she'd be like, Oh my gosh, get away from me, you slanty-eyed, Asian caveman-looking son of a bitch. I only date rich, successful white boys who'll cheat on me, no doubt. But I love it because I hate myself. But not as much as I hate you. Dear bitch. No, that's for later. I'll come up with a dear bitch for later on. Oh, believe me. I said all the hits are coming back. Dear bitch is my ultimate. Now, this is dangerous to do a, a Kenny Ho show milestone show without a script. I may babble on for like seven hours. And I don't know that I can do that anymore because uh, Anchor, I think, has uh, like maximums. They have cap sizes on how large files are. But whatever. This will be 15 parts then. No big deal. It's the last you're ever going to hear from me. So might as well make it count, right? But you know what? Thank God for Anchor FM, for Spotify. Why? Because had it not been for them, I would have foolishly thrown yet another $175 away and wasted another year of my life thinking, dreaming, hoping someday I'd be a somebody in the podcast game. As I say that out loud, I realize how sad that is. Oh my God. People dream to be doctors. People dream to be movie stars. If you kind of hate yourself a little bit, you dream to be a television star. But nobody in their right mind dreams of being a radio star, uh, let alone a podcast star. Oh my god, that's the lowest of the mediums. You know like the crazy guy downtown, the crazy... The end is nigh. Praise be Allah. Jesus rises. Buddha loves you very much. It's like, guy, I know you're a whack job. I know you're crazy, but could you like... Be a, a loyal crazy? Could you commit to one deity? I know it's 2022 and we're all supposed to be woke. And we're all supposed to be all-inclusive. But I feel like it's a blasphemy for you to acknowledge this many deities. I think, I think, if you're trying to con us into believing that you believe uh, for realsies and not just for show, pro tip, just stick to one. Because I feel like if you believe your God is for real, then every other God needs to be fake. Because you can't be believing in heaven and then also believing in reincarnation. 
If you believe everybody turns into an angel afterwards, you can't then turn around and be like, yeah, I think uh, the Asians also have it right. We do come back again, and karma travels with us. Does it now? I'm telling you, loyalty's a big deal. If for nothing else when it comes to, let's say, boy-girl relationship. Well, I suppose it's 2022, it's not just boy-girl relationships, it's girl-girl relationship, or at least technically a girl and uh, another wildebeest that's also technically a girl uh, relationship. Couple dandies. I haven't used that term in a couple years. I guess I'm never going to get to use it again. I can't go out there and call people dandies. Not that I would want to. It's only funny on the Kenny Ho show. In real life, it'd be hurtful. And I'm not a dick. Oh, and while I'm on this note, before I forget it, uh, recording? This is the day after the Toronto Gay Pride Parade. And uh, uh, not surprisingly, I was not at the the Super Gay Pride Parade because uh, with my long hair and my uh, uh, feminine personality they definitely think i'm gay plenty of people think i'm gay i mean to the point where i'm like i don't understand what's happening because there was one girl that thought i was gay like 20 minutes after i grabbed her ass i'm like it wasn't like one of those situations where i was like let me just grab this tush let me just grab this tush oh my god it feels so great have you been working out which gym do you go to bitch we gotta go together oh it's gonna be so much fun we're gonna cause so much drama I didn't do anything like that. It was a legit, she was drunk, I was drunk. She was totally giving me doomy vibes. So even though I wasn't going to go home with her, because clearly she was a strumpet, uh, nice ass though, had to grab that. And another girl that did this was my old buddy Amber. She literally opened up her shirt like pretending she was flashing me and I pretended like I was grabbing one of them. And again, two weeks later, she was like, Oh, I thought you were gay. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about, lady? Again, it wasn't the situation where I was like, Oh, let me feel these tatas. But I digress. Why I brought that up, why I was talking about the Pride Parade is because uh, I was watching, you know, like clips of it uh, on the news. And from what I can tell, and maybe it's an inaccurate sample size, but just going by the news... But it seemed like everybody that went to this thing was gross. You know how like the fantasy of two girls getting together, it's always like two hot babes. What was that group? Tattoo or something? All the things you said, all the things you said, running through my head, running through my head. Like we're all thinking about that. And even that wasn't like one of them super hot and the other one was like, well, at least like I don't have to guess your gender. You're clearly a chick, but like... Not exactly a hot one, but it's stuff like that. It's stuff from media. It's stuff from movies and such. Because in reality, it turns out when two women get together, they're just technically women. Like to the point where unless explicitly explained to me and specified ahead of time, could have fooled me. If I'm walking down the street and I see these two bull dykes making out, I'm like, oh, gross. Two guys making out on the street. What kind of disgusting sight is this? And then someone comes up to me and whispers in my ear, Oh, it's actually two women. Like, two women? Oh my god! Oh, my eyes! Like, you know how when it comes to gay guys, the stereotype is they're super fit? 
Like these guys live in a gym, they drink their kale juice, and they have their salads for lunch. These bulldogs do not care. They're like, we want meat, we want beef. Lots and lots of meat, just not from a man. A lady, you need to slow down there. I think something's wrong with you. Nothing wrong with me. I just want more beef. Moo. It's like, bitch, I think you're turning into a cow yourself. I mean, you're already a fat cow, but like literally, I think you caught mad cow disease. And also fat Parker disease. You ever come across any of these like large and in charge lesbos? They're never happy, are they? They're always like the angriest, meanest, friggin' bitches you've ever come across. I'm like, bitch, you ever heard that song? If it makes you happy. Why the hell are you so mad, bitch? It's because they don't love themselves. They couldn't possibly. They look in the mirror and it's like, oh my god. <laughs> Gross. Now that I think of it, a lot of these, like, whether they're uh, lesbos or not, but these big old women, like these Karens, I don't think they're actually upset about like any social cause. I think they're just really unhappy with themselves. And who can blame them? When you look like you might be a man, when the biggest compliment that I could possibly pay you is, I suppose she's clearly just technically female. What kind of life is that? And it's probably not a recent turn of events where she just like put on like 120 pounds. She was always probably at least a bit of a fat porker. She probably wasn't even a lesbian to begin with. She just had no chance with dudes because one look at her is like, woof, I'm out of here. I guess I'm going to be gay from now on. And she had that same reaction. She's like, oh, some girls are nice to me. Some are really mean to me. But I'll show them. I'll be a hundred times meaner than they could ever imagine. I come here. She's like, she just grabs like some dainty girl and just like sticks her tongue down her throat. She's like, this is how I'm running this cell block. It's like, bitch, you're not in prison. Maybe of your own mind, but not for real. Now, maybe before the pandemic, if you went to the gay pride parade, you'd find a bunch of hot naked girls. I swear to God, I've seen that like either on the internet or the news or something, you know, like, well, to be fair, uh, a bunch of it is a bunch of like naked dudes. And uh, let's just say those guys uh, are estranged to the Atkins diet, right? So one way or another, even if they're like buff hot, Again, I'm not super gay, alright? I don't give a shit what these dumb broads think, alright? If my hand has been on your ass, and it was not to check for cellulite deposits, assume I'm not super gay. That's on them, you know? If they can't figure that out, that's on them. Yeah, outside of, like, seeing, like, a bunch of uh, fat gay guys... Uh, or really buff gay guys like on like a fire truck like spraying the crowd with uh, water guns, which I don't want to inquire what like that is metaphorically for, but I swear I have seen like hot girls like topless and stuff at uh, gay pride parades, and so I feel like that was a thing, and they probably were at this gay pride parade. It's just the problem is after the pandemic, they put on the good old fashioned. But unappreciated. COVID-150. Just like every fat bitch on Plenty of Fish. Plenty of hot girls still, or at least, you know, catfishing wise. Plenty of hot girls still on Tinder. 
but on uh, Plenty of Fish, there's a bunch of big old women. And I tried a different one. I think it was called Hinge or something. Gave it a shot because uh, my buddy, he used uh, Facebook dating and got a girl. I'm like, well, I mean, who in their right mind would use Facebook dating? I mean, if he can manage to pull that shit off, imagine what I could do on a dating site that people are actually on and recommend. So I checked that out. I checked out Hinge and like for the first night, it was pretty good. It was legit. It was maybe like 10 to 12 hot girls in a row. Uh, you're only allowed one like per week or some shit like that, which of course is nonsense. That's pay to win. As a hardcore gamer, I'm very much so against pay to win scenarios. So I am definitely not a supporter of Hinge. And it's not even just a pay thing. It's, it's a good thing I didn't pay. Like the first night I sent uh, the like or whatever the hell it was, a rose or some shit uh, to some girl like a Korean girl who was into music and stuff. I'm like, oh, like a hot red velvet babe. You better believe she's getting the rose. And then the next day I went back on just to see what's on there. And I'm I'm not even kidding. I'm not even like, believe me, I am not making a joke. I'm not pulling a Kevin Hart here where he's like, oh, then that raccoon said this to me. I'm like, the raccoons can't talk. This, this hypothetical is uh, completely unbelievable and unrealistic. Just stick to what made you a household name, Mr. Hart. And that's just making black noises. And before anybody writes me an angry letter, know that this is the end. I do not give a shit. And if you're going to say, there's no such thing as black noises, open your ears, foo. Of course there is. I can't speak for any other race, but I've definitely heard black noises, okay? But I digress. I went back on the next day. And I kid you not, it was just ugly girl after ugly girl followed by big old woman after big old woman. I'm like, I read reviews that Hinge is the best one that you find. I see what happened here. A bunch of fat asses who, of course, have a great relationship with their computer and absolutely nobody and nothing else in their life, especially not with food. But of course, they're the people who go online and review shit because they got nothing better to do. Exercise for a half hour or go write a Yelp review about how that place cut me off after 40 dishes. Of course, they went on and they're like, I found love. This is the best one. Tinder is not good. Tinder is horrible. Yeah, Tinder is not good for big old women and uggos. And to be fair, homely guys like me, absolutely. I agree with you on that, but you got to look at it big picture. You can't be like, Tinder sucks. Tinder doesn't suck. It sucks for people who look like you and me. But Hinge also sucks because I also don't look like you. I may be homely, but I'm not like straight up ugly. Even when I was tipping the scales, even when I looked like Asian Shrek, Shrek's got like a, a shred of athleticism to him. I mean, some of the women I was coming across, I'm like... Yeah, bitch, you're definitely just technically female. I don't know which one was the X or which one was the Y chromosome, and uh, neither did your body. It was they, it was just a toss-up. They kind of mixed both, and you just, like, edged out to whichever one is the female one, ever so slightly. I'm telling you, it was, quote-unquote, woman after woman, where I'm like, you don't deserve to be loved. You're a hideous monster. But I have to imagine, on the guy side of things... Why they found love is uh, because there's some masochists in this world. Uh, there's some fetish types. 
There are people who live by the fetish of the BBW. And of course, they're straight up homely guys. They're straight up ugly guys. They're straight up guys who like, you can't tell up from down on them. I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure there's guys who haven't seen their toes in, oh, I don't know, 40 years. So that's what the Hinge, I should write a review. I should write a legitimate review. I should go on there and be like, Hinge, the perfect dating app for the absolutely hideous and unlovable creatures of this world. I know this whole bit started off with me saying, loyalty's a big thing and I'm sure it is. But the point I was trying to make, I gave it some thought and I'm like, nah, the bit I have in mind is too long and I throw too many people under the bus. Not that I give a shit about any one of them, but you never know. Probably you want to make less enemies in life. Or more enemies, depending on how you want to live your life. It may be more exciting one way or another. The bit was basically, he bitches and filthy slews. Because this is the end. This is the time to bring back the greatest hits. And I gotta say, I'm sure some of the best old Kenny Ho show moments involved me talking about some he bitches and filthy slews. Although I never talked about Lindsay Lohan. Because, hey man, when you grow up, Loving the Duff, you can't also grow up loving the Lohan, the Hohan. Full disclosure, I'm taking another crack at this. I recorded what you just heard, that goes on for like four more hours. I clearly missed recording Kenny Hosho doing Kenny Hosho, and so I needed to think about it, and I did. I took a couple weeks off. Part of it is because post-production's a bitch, I still don't like it, I still dragged my heels on that. A part of it was I needed to really make sure. Because when I did those four hours, I felt the same way I did the last time you heard from me in uh, 349. I was done. I was ready to I was ready to hang them up. But because I didn't release it right away, I had more time to think about it. And knowing how much fun I had and how much I did miss Kenny Ho's show, I'm like, is it really the right time to hang them up? Why don't I do one more year? The farewell tour, 50 more episodes. Sure, there's 52 weeks, but let's face it, I'm going to miss a few of those. You know damn well I miss the Holy Trinity year in and year out. And that's my birthday, Jesus' birthday, and of course, Hillary Duff's. And so I recorded an alternate 350. One where it's not the finale, but rather the beginning of the farewell tour. But then I thought about it again this morning, and I don't think doing one more year makes a whole lot of sense. Because I think I've said all I need to say. You know, am I at the end of the rope? Am I, you know, is the well dry? I have no more jokes? Absolutely not. Come on. What do you take me as? I'm the self-proclaimed man of a million jokes. I can come up with jokes between now and the end of time. There is no doubt about that. I'm not very confident in any aspect of my life or any skills uh, that I have. But uh, talking a whole lot of shit, I'm good at that. I know I can absolutely come up with 50 episodes uh, of material. That's not a problem. But it's it's that desire. Because when I started Kenny Ho Show, I was so damaged. I was so angry. I needed an outlet. I regret it so bad walking away from showbiz. Going to radio school was supposed to be 
uh, my redemption. I was supposed to right wrongs in my life. And doing Kenny Hosho was great. I got so much shit off my chest. I got a, who knows, maybe in a couple of weeks I'll feel different because I got a whole lot of mental oopsies, you know. Um, but right now, I'm just not angry anymore. Because the people in the past who have hurt me, I've realized I've shown them too much respect. I've given them far too much weight in my life. They've played far too much a part in my life. And I'm over it. I don't want to ruin myself being angry at these people. I don't know that it's forgiveness. I don't think it's forgiveness. Is forgiveness like, you know, like, if I saw them on the street, I'd be good with them. Because that's not the case. At this point, I probably wouldn't punch them in the face. But I might want to. And I'm not even saying that there is no purpose for the Kenny Ho show. I mean, here's the thing. Audience-wise, there isn't an audience. Not at this point. You know, if I had thousands of people depending on me week in and week out to get them through their day, get them through their lives, I'd probably suck it up and do it. But 349 after like a three or four month hiatus from me didn't catch up. It just broke the the single digits barrier. It just made it to 10 listens all time. It's probably the same two or three people checking in to see if I've uh, dropped 350 yet. So for me to go another year, 50 episodes, it'd be a real tall task if I don't have this this fire and venom in me. Uh, pushing me to do these episodes. Like, there, there's been times in my life I've needed to do Kenny Ho Show. And uh, as much fun as I've had doing the four hours, doing the the farewell tour version, I'm not quite there anymore. I'm not saying I won't ever need it. Who knows, maybe I'll record some Kenny Ho Shows and just not release them in the future. Because, you know, there's going to be shit coming down the pike. There always is. But I just don't want to be angry anymore. And it is the anger that fuels the Kenny Ho show. And without it, it'd be a real chore to do. And even why I'm doing a second take on this. Because uh, I have four hours of recorded material. I could have just cut that up and send it out the door and be done with this bad boy and move on with my life. But I felt like I shat on way too many people. Like I went out the... I, the final Kenny Ho show was also fueled by the anger. The anger of being rejected. The anger of not being successful. The anger of being good at what I do. I don't know. I feel like better than most, but at least better than half the people doing it. But the numbers not representing that. I'm not, my numbers are not part of the top 50% of podcasts. It's part of the bottom 1%. I don't know what that number is, like what the top 50 is. Let's say the top 50% is thousands and hundreds of thousands of listeners. And then the bottom is the hundreds. I would have settled for hundreds. Like when it comes to women, I'm not settling for the bottom half. Mm-mm, nope, nope, nope. Because if the cutoff is at a five, so one to five is your bottom 50%, no friggin' way. If I was up for that, I would have definitely nailed a lot of water buffaloes in my day. I definitely would have nailed a bunch of ugly broads, you know, a bunch of real bottom feeders in my day. Because even though I'm a homely guy now, I wasn't always a homely guy. And I've definitely had offers, indecent proposals by the yucky broads, you know? 
A lot of grandma types. A lot of big old women. Man, I've experienced a lot of trauma. And a fair share of that trauma have come from big old women. Like, maybe I should make it clearer and not say old women, but big old women. A bunch of grandma types, you know, that type. Oh, they have thrown themselves at me. And the problem is, they don't have any shame. They probably know that they don't have much time left. They're going to try to take as many shots as at young guys. You know, guys who are like half their age, quarter of their age or whatever. And they're hoping something sticks. Oh, I've been grossed out. I've been traumatized uh, by my fair share of these types. I'm like, you out of your mind, lady? You're, you're old enough to be my mother. And everybody knows I'm not a big fan of my mother. You don't stand a snowball's chance in hell with me. So why I'm doing the retake is to take the venom out. Don't get me wrong, I'm still going to zing some people along the way. But that last one, it was too crazy. Like, everybody got the bullet. If I owed you, I'm blowing you to smithereens. I took that literally. I went in there, and whoever deserved the bullet, or at least that I had a bullet for them, they got the bullet. Metaphoric bullet, okay? See, sis, stop listening to my phone calls. I don't sell coke, okay? Not that I'm against selling coke. It's just I'm too soft to go and sell coke. I feel like I definitely get robbed on day one. Believe me, if I was selling coke, I feel like the profit margins on that, never mind being a successful podcaster and getting ad money. I don't know how much, you know, selling underwear on a podcast makes you, but there's no way it's as much as selling like a brick of cocaine. Man, the other version of 350 was so crazy, so fueled by anger. There was multiple dear bitches. Because that version of 350 was very much so, oh yeah, y'all don't like me, y'all don't think I'm good enough, up yours, check this out. I'm making you guys pay for kicking me to the curb. I'm not saying there isn't a time or place for that. I remember when I was leaving theater school, there was a one-man show at the end of the, the third year. Oh, and I went up there and I did the same thing. I'm like, yeah. You guys didn't want anything to do with me. You guys want to mistreat me. You guys don't want to work with me. You guys don't want to create cool shit with me. Well, you missed out because I can create some really, really cool shit. And I'm really, really good at what I do. And I did like the best one-man show that place has ever seen. So there is a time and a place for it. But at this point in my life, I don't give a shit about people. I'm not here to, to prove anybody right or wrong. I just want to do a show that I can back at the end of the day and a show with multiple dear bitches. Ones where like I sat down afterwards uh, and like when I was editing it, I'm like, you know, I don't even believe in this stuff. I don't even care about these people. I just said it because it's funny and I want to go out my way. I want to represent myself in a more genuine and authentic way. And sure, believe me, for years I was annoyed. Well, I'm beyond annoyed. And I understand my anger came from, well, I'm better than a lot of these podcasters. Why the hell ain't I exalted? Why ain't I a success? Why don't I get to do podcasting for a living? And I was bitter and I was angry about that. And honestly, I came to the realization I don't consider myself an entitled person. But I suppose in this very specific way... I am. I kind of felt like, listen, I put in nine years, almost 10 years, 10 years in podcasting, 
Almost 10 years in Kenny Ho Show alone. 10 years of podcasting, how many hours of blood, sweat, and tears, how much free entertainment that I put out there. Quality entertainment, sure, controversial as hell. Sexist, racist, all kinds of cysts. But let's not beat around the bush. That stuff is funny. When done in the right way, when you do it on a Kenny Ho show, this is the right place, right forum for this type of stuff. Going up to a black guy and like making some racist jokes to him, not cool. I mean, unless he's a real piece of shit, then you hit him with whatever you can hit him with. Especially if he's way bigger and blacker than you are. Then you probably have to like physically hit him with something. Me, my best shot is I hope he's soft on the inside. Let me hit him with some insults. Hope that topples that giant. But there was this anger in me, like, look at what I have done. Look at what I have made. I deserve to be successful. And that's just a form of entitlement. I'm not going to shortchange myself and deny myself a little pat on my own back that I have put in a lot of time, that I have put in a lot of effort, uh, blood, sweat, and tears into making this the best damn podcast I can. But with that being said, I didn't do any of the other stuff. Like, I had no idea. Inside the NBA, Charles Barkley, the funniest man on the planet, you know, he's on TV once a week for maybe, like, 45 minutes total. But he has to work hours and hours and hours per week promoting the show, going on radio, going on different talk shows and such. I didn't do any of that. Would I do any of that? Of course, if I was given the opportunity, I would definitely do that. But I didn't go pursue those opportunities. I never I never even hit up other podcasts and be like, hey, man, can I be on your show? Or would you like to be on mine? I didn't do any of that. I asked Jeff Vita on my show because he's a buddy of mine. And I thought it'd be fun. There's no thought of like cross-promotion, my, my audience or my quote-unquote audience you know, goes and listens to his and his on mine and his to me. So that's it. I put in a lot of work, but there's a whole bunch of other work that I didn't do. And don't get me wrong. I'm sure there are people on this planet who podcast, who are successful, who don't put in any type of work. They just go on bullshit with their friends, put it on Twitter, hashtag it, whatever, and it just takes off. Oh, what am I going to do? Be angry at that too? There's plenty of guys who were born super good looking. And how many girls have I chased in my day? Like some of these guys, they don't even have to try and they can get the girls that I chased so hard, but they didn't want anything to do with me. So the only dear bitch I suppose this episode needs is dear bitch. All the shit, all the anger, all the damage... All the stuff, all the people who've ever hurt me. Kiss my ass. I'm done with you. You get no more of my time. I am moving on. Okay, we still need jokes. We still need like four hours of jokes. So let's get right to it. Jokes, just because I think they're funny and I want to tell them. Not to spite anybody, not to zing anybody, not to do anything. Okay, that's a bad idea. I got nothing. It turns out all my jokes are built on venom and hatred. So let me talk about something that I like, nay, that I love. Hillary Duff, baby. Oh my god.
Did you see those photos? Did you see the, I believe it's the Women's Health Magazine photo shoot, a photo spread of Hillary Duff? Oh my God. She's definitely the unicorn, right? Most girls hit like 24, 27 at the latest. White girls anyway, right? White girl hit 27 is game over. Gravity takes over. Those nice perky boobs like go down to her like ribs. The once like desirable flawless ass is looking a little frumpy. And hey, what is that? Is that cellulite? Oh, no. You have a goat cheese ass, lady. Oh, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a lot of these like big old women. These these women that like wish they could look like Hillary Duff. Wish they could have the attention of men that Hillary Duff have. We'll talk shit. It's like, oh, it's all Photoshop. It's all makeup and stuff. Hey, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's a little bit of Photoshopping. I'm sure there's a bit of makeup. I'm sure lighting helps. But I've seen enough Hillary Duff pictures in my day, like even paparazzi shit of her, like walking down the street, going to the gym, buying groceries to know that shit is authentic. It is at least mostly authentic. All the parlor tricks help, but at the end of the day, Hillary Duff is one yummy mummy. And the women who are saying these horrible things about her definitely are not. Blah. Listen, I said I'm going to stop being angry. I didn't say I'm going to stop being real. I'm very tempted right now to pull up the, the photo shoot, but then I feel like I'd be so distracted. There would be no jokes. It would just be like me silent looking at this photo. These photos. There's multiple. They're all damn good. I'm surprised she went this far and didn't just like uh, go to, a, 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 you know, one of those like rated X magazines, you know? Do they still make those? It's a real damn shame that Hillary Duff has had such a successful career. Like there was a there was a couple years there where it looked like, well, she probably should have stuck around and made Lizzie McGuire season fifteen, because when she was putting out like what was that movie something Greta, my name is Greta or whatever the hell it was like, god awful shit like that that even old Kenny wasn't watching, and like I remember she was on some CW show, was it Pretty Little Liars or something where she's like making out with a guy, then turns around and makes out with a girl. And they have uh, uh, what the French refer to as a menage a trois. And not of the good variety. It's just like, it happened off screen. Believe me, if it happened on screen, I'd be the biggest fan of Pretty Little Liars ever. It would be my new Smallville. I'm like, crook, you're nice, girl. But you never took it off. You never showed daddy the goods, huh? Where's Hillary Duff? Goddamn. She rounded third base twice. Batted on both sides of the plate. But nope, she turned things around. She got like that job on Younger, almost got Lizzie McGuire, the reboot, which I'm going to get to in a second. Oh my God. Because if she had kept just going down, 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 you know, Mike Comrie gives her the old heave-ho, kicks her to the curb, and then she's got, she's got a kid to raise, and for whatever reason, she loves having kids. I think she got like three of them now, but like, Two, three different daddies, you know? You're not a Scarborough girl. You're not a hood rat. Rein it in, all right? Just have your one kid from your, like, failed marriage and then, like, carry on with your life. 
start an OnlyFans or something. But no, the roles kept coming in, younger and now How I Met Your Father. So nope, no OnlyFans in her horizon. And even if she does eventually do it, she may be a unicorn, but she's still a white girl. Let's say she hits like 50 and she's like, oh, my money dried up. Time to go to OnlyFans. Believe me, that if that day comes, I will not be there. She's got a five-year window to like really fall apart. Maybe, maybe I go sell her that brick of cocaine, right? I'll just give her the first one for free. I'll give you this full thing if you promise to like take a dose of it every like six hours or so. That bitch will be hooked on the white stuff before you know it. And she's definitely going to be on OnlyFans within a month. And believe me, if she does, I would buy the subscription. Because if I want to see boobs on the internet, I could just Google the word boobs. And like, I, 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 I would be inundated. I would see way more pairs than I could possibly care to see in a lifetime. Because don't some of those chicks charge like... $25 a photo. I've read shit online where some people are charging like hundreds of dollars for a single photo. I'm like, are you out of your mind? You're a strumpet. You're not worth $250 for one freaking photo. I'd understand if it was like, maybe like a monthly subscription. Even that doesn't make sense to me. Netflix is like $15 and I got rid of it because I'm like, that's that's too much for a monthly subscription. There's no way in hell I could justify paying $250 to see some bimbo nude. For $250, I can get like 15 dances from Miley at the Boom Boom Club. It's debatable if that's actually money better spent, but but at least I'd be making my joke become a reality. Whereas that just makes no sense. Granted, If Hillary Duff makes that move, she's like, I'm charging $250 for a photo. I'm like, sign me up. How many photos you got? Please don't say 100 because I can't afford that many. I think part of my anger and like depression comes from feeling like my best days have uh, come and passed me by. And as I said earlier, I refuse to settle for the bottom 50 percentile of women, you know? I'm not going for no 3 out of 10. I'm telling you that much. But at my age, it's hard to get a good one. It's hard to get a good girl, you know? Because the good ones are all taken and the leftover shit you don't want anything to deal with. If you're lucky, at least they look good on the outside. But usually they're just like damaged on the inside, rough looking on the outside. And they immediately want to have kids. I'm like, lady, I wouldn't have kids with you if my life depended on it. Why am I even having this conversation with you? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't get involved with you if my life depended on it. There's more hypothetical than that Kevin Hart joke. And I'm definitely at an age where I don't feel comfortable, like, going after, you know, the ones before they get damaged. Because that, that's like 23 and under. But for a moment, so I have to re-record a part. Uh, Because I talked about some girl who was on my IG and I'm like, on the off chance she listens, uh, it could be a very awkward conversation that I don't want to have with her. Now, I'm not going to go into even, I'm not even going to hint at what it was about. Because let's say if I said something along the lines of, this girl's a real strumpet. And then she like looks at herself in the mirror and she's like, that's me. 
I'm giving him shit. Not playing with fire. Not going down that road. So I'll substitute the uh, talking shit about someone I actually know joke with talking about someone that I don't actually know. It would have been real good if I came up with something before I turned the microphone on. I'm rusty. I'm out of practice. It's not like when old Kenny Hosho was on a roll. Uh, not with so much audience or whatever, but like, I guess old Kenny was on a roll. And the old Kenny Hosho benefited from me being like, I'd like to record today. And then I turn on the mic and just record today. I'll be back in a minute. I'll come up with something. Well, what about Taylor Swift? I mean, she's factored into the old Kenny Hosho. The fact that I used to rate things on a teardrops on my guitar system means she's definitely played a big part in the old Kenny Hosho. So it'd be really great if I still listened to her music. Actually, it would be better if she put out good music still. Maybe she has. Maybe she's turned a corner. Maybe it took her a couple of shitty albums before she figured out how to do... Uh, whatever this hell style she does now, like that trap music or whatever. Is she still a filthy whore? Is the better question, I suppose. Never mind her music. Those first, like, four or five albums, she's paid her dues. Even if she put out 15 shit ones afterwards, it's like, well, those five, first four or five albums or whatever, they're still there. They're still great. Sadly, somehow, 20 years later or whatever... They're still relatable to me. Well, the next part of this show, I realized, is also about the same girl, but, oh my god, Teardrops on My Guitar is so relatable to her. As this girl has stolen my heart, uh, but she has a boyfriend, so, like, you know, I'm not so emo where it's, like, literally tears and stuff, and uh, I'm not saying out loud. I wonder if he knows how good he has it. He better hold her tight. Give her all his love. And look in those beautiful eyes and know he's lucky, cuz. It's so relatable. <laughs> now that I sing it out loud, each and every one of those words just now, I'm like, oh my god, those thoughts have crossed my mind. Like, this girl is pretty good. Don't get me wrong, she's not the most beautiful girl in the world. I like. She's not even the most beautiful girl I've met. But she's pretty damn good. And she's got a A-plus personality, which as you get older in life, that matters uh, as much as looks. I wouldn't say it matters more, because you can be like a real sweetheart, the best person on the planet, but if you look like absolute dog shit, there's no way. There's no way. Yeah, I've really seriously not looked into Taylor Swift for years. I really don't know if she still dates around. I... The fact that I haven't heard any, like, engagement shit, that, I guess that leaves the door open. But that has to be a mental health uh, disorder, right? Maybe John Mayer screwed her up so badly, she's like, I'll never love again. I'll just screw a bunch of guys to get back at John Mayer. I'm like, I'm pretty sure John Mayer doesn't care about you. I'm pretty sure he's a real piece of work. He's a real scumbag, and he just... You're just another one of his... Uh, little, little, uh, skinny white girls that he hit it and then he quit it. I'm pretty sure that's all that was. And you understand by going down this road that you're going down, you've become the very thing you hate. You've become John Mayer. Shitty music and all. And while we're on the topic of chicks, remember how last time I talked about 
this wonderful Italian girl that I was really into, uh, but uh, like she wasn't into me. Well, I'm not going to say, oh, good news, things have changed. I mean, I guess technically things have changed in the sense that like we've talked way the hell more, like we're closer than I was at uh, 349, but it hasn't changed in the sense that she's still not down. And I suppose the annoying part in all of this is um, even though she has a boyfriend, there's this other guy at work, like she lights up. She is definitely into this dude. Like she lights up every time he shows up and talks to her. Like I remember there was one time I was trying to talk to her and she wasn't giving me the time of day. And then this guy shows up and she lights up and I'm sit- I'm standing there and I am not happy about it. I'm looking at them. I'm like, the hell's he got that I don't have, huh? Does he have knee slappers? And I know this guy. He ain't funny. You know, he's a few years younger than me. You know, he's like a a good-looking, charming guy. So he's got that going. But the way she treats him, like, laughs, like, hysterically at the stuff he says. You would believe that this guy's got knee slappers, huh? Like, she's out there. Like, her sides are splitting. I'm like, what the hell? I'm losing respect for you. I'm liking you less and less because if you think this guy's funny, but somehow, like, I'm not even worth your time to have a conversation with, let alone laugh at my, what is definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, way the hell much better content jokes than this guy has. Maybe this is not happening for a reason. Maybe you're a goddamn serial killer. Clearly something wrong with you. Clearly you're a lunatic. I've not even so much as giggled to anything this guy has ever said, let alone, like, roll on the floor laughing. Rolf, as the kids would text. It turns out, even though I'm quite defeated in life, I still have a little bit of pride. I'm like, well, it's one thing she doesn't like me for my looks. I understand that. It's one thing she doesn't find me charming. Uh, I also understand that. I also agree with her. But to freaking not think I'm funny, but this guy, to think he's way funnier than me, that cuts me so deep. Dear, no, I said I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to do it. And this girl's definitely not a bitch. What a sweetheart she is. Uh, She's got bad taste in men. I mean... You're not a bitch for being having poor taste in men. You probably just have like a lot of daddy issues and stuff. She's the victim here. No, I'm the victim here. I'm the I'm the only one that walks away with nothing. Her boyfriend walks away with the ass. This guy walks away with all the laughs. I'm the only one left in the cold here. I'm the victim. Oh, random thought before I forget. I should have it, it crossed my mind when I was talking about Hillary Duff doing OnlyFans. Uh, with her, of course, it's like, there's no way she... Like, unless she made some really bad decisions with her money, there's no way she'll ever need to do that. But I was kind of hoping Tiffany Alford would come around to do some OnlyFans. And if she's going to make that move, she better make it soon. Because the other day, uh, I looked her up. I'm like, wow, she looks nothing like the Tiffany Alford that I knew. When I met her, she was like, Probably, like, the most beautiful woman I've ever met. But I'm telling you, it's a science. White girls, when they hit, like, 27, it is game over. It is game over for that girl. 
I don't want to get into dear bitch territory. I don't want to tear this one down. But I'm all I'm going to say is she doesn't look like a beat up old catcher's mitt yet. Uh, her career has. Her career is definitely a beat up old catcher's mitt. This girl used to uh, like get like millions of views per video. Now it's like, do you even hit a million per year anymore? Take it off, girl. Don't go crazy with a $250 tier, but like, I don't know. Is it like Patreon? There's different tiers. Like go go with the I guess like the real like crazy stuff. Okay, $250. But you know, like a casual nude. Ten bucks. I'll throw ten bucks to see the, the girls on Tiffany Alvord, no doubt about it. But she's got like three months before it's like too late for her, before she's an undesirable, you know? Where only the biggest simps would give her ten dollars to see her nude. <laughs> Greetings. That's correct. It is I, Kenneth Holt, master of ceremonies of the most sophisticated internet radio show in the history of mankind. I'm calling in to congratulate the unwashed swine known as Kenny Ho, the bringer of the Kung Flu. For finally realizing that his efforts were futile. That he would never become a sophisticated and respected gentleman like myself in the realm of show business. Ha ha ha. My boy, where you went wrong was you tried to talk like me. You tried to talk down to the unwashed masses without realizing you're one of them yourself. Why they don't respect you coming from you is like a pot calling a kettle black and a black calling another black a waste of time without realizing he too is a waste of time and space. I just heard the segment how he was crying about having some woman, some property, not pay him his respect. He doesn't understand. You don't actually need to be funny to make these lowlives laugh at what you have to say. You need to just work on their most base element. Why, dear boy, you don't understand this other fella. He's not funny. But he's got himself quite a reputation as a bad boy now, doesn't he? Property like this... Why she wants him to treat her like the piece of trash that she is. And that's why she is all nervous and excited. Because she knows soon she'll be degraded. Well, in her mind degraded, but in mine I know she's being treated the way she deserves to be treated. Like a filthy animal. Like a lesser. Which she is. And that's simpleton. That quote-unquote bad boy. He's an amateur as well. He's not on my league, not even close. He's not even in the same ballpark as me. Why, when I engage with a sex object, these baby-making machines, these dishwashers, I work on them on an intellectual level, intellect 
that they do not have. That's why they are so excited. That's why they can't wait to please me because they have no idea. It's beyond their imagination who stands before them. Why, the other day I was having a riveting game of croquet with my good friend Jean Charest III. And I must admit, I do not like to brag, but I must admit, I spanked him. I defeated him 17-0. And he said, jolly good show, old chap, old Kenneth Holt. You are truly a god amongst men. And I looked him in the eye and I said, That is correct. I am white, therefore I'm right. And then his servant came up to me and tried to towel me off and I smacked her across her face. I blessed her with making contact with the great Kenneth Hult. But I needed to remind her she's not worthy of wiping my sweat and that she should go back and laugh at these quote-unquote jokes of the undesirables just like her. And maybe she should throw this old chap, this novel coronavirus-producing podcaster, this barbarian, whatever his name is, I forget, a couple bones, it is his finale anyway. Not that anybody would ever care about such a thing. A finale? What a quitter! I'm on my 7,000th episode, and I'm still going strong. Number one, where it matters. The number one radio program at the Gentleman's Club. And not the type that this railroad builder goes to here and there. But a true gentleman's club, one where only the most respected of gentlemen are invited to, invited to compete in a rowdy, raucous round of squash, croquet, golf, and any sport worthy of a fine gentleman. Please hold your applause. Yes, you should consider yourself very fortunate to be listening to the filth and yet somehow walk away being graced by my presence, the presence of the master of ceremonies to the most sophisticated radio program in the history of mankind, Kenneth Holt. Ta-ta for now. An impromptu Kenneth Holt bit. I, I don't know. I, I'm definitely going to get rid of it in uh, post-production, but I froze for 30 seconds when I was like, oh, how, what, how do they score in croquet? It's like 17 to nil a lot. Or it's like nothing in the first... Is it quarters and shit? I'm like, oh, I should probably have done my research. But I'm like, that's not in the spirit of old Kenny Ho's show. I just get on and I do the show and I hope for the best. This is the... This is it. This is the final episode. I'm not changing my ways now. The fact that I'm willing to be like, you know what? 
Let's not do an episode fueled by my anger and hatred of being uh, rejected by uh, all of Canada and uh, most of the United States and uh, even China. China, I understand. They're not even allowed to, like, watch movies with, like, wizards and shit in it. There's no way they're going to be like, yeah, you can listen to this guy. This guy. Oh, he's definitely. And they think, like, Harry Potter is, like, poisoning the minds of their children or whatever. You definitely can't be listening to the old Kenny Ho show. This is definitely uh, for the morally bankrupt, you know? All right, I don't know how this fits in with the rest of the show. Uh, Quite frankly, I don't remember and recall what I recorded already. Because it's been three months, three months since I last recorded. I remember the last time I was on here, I was talking about the gay pride parade like it happened yesterday. So I think those happened in June. It is the middle of September now. I'm nowhere near done. So don't be surprised if you hear this by the end of September of 2023. Why is that? Well, part of it is procrastination. And the other part is, I've got, I am 99.99999% sure that it's time to hang up the old Kenny Ho show. But I suppose is that point zero 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 one that I'm not that, the little bit of back and forth that's uh, put a hold on this thing going up. But September 2023, I guess October 2023, be there or be square. I don't know why I'm saying this like it's live. By the time you... This is the show I'm talking about. You, There's no heads up. This is not like the uh, 349 and a half setting you up for 350. No, no, this is it. So I take all that back. I would edit it out, but screw it. It's the final episode. I'm not putting that much work into the, the part I hate most, the editing. But why I came on, why I decided to add to this show, because it's done, like... Kenny Ho show as far as the like the the comedy part like the stand-up comedy part that's done it's recorded I'm just again procrastinating on the editing of it part what remains are the bits what remains are the the favorite characters of all time making an appearance one last time that hasn't been done yet but the stand-up part is done Uh, But I'm adding to it because something so crazy, so bonkers happened that I'm like, I got to talk about this. I'm going to explode if I do not talk about this. And that is the Queen of England died. That's how long the Kenny Ho Show 350 has been on the shelves. Literally the longest serving monarch. One of the oldest people on the planet. The only queen... Like, probably that anybody alive today has ever known. A woman that's been here since anyone can remember, and you figured the way she was going, that she would be here until the end of time. Somehow, the Kenny Ho Show 350, the finale, took so long that even this would-be immortal died before it came out. I mean, when I went away to do 350, Queen Elizabeth II was a picture of health. Then right around that time, she celebrate her like super mega platinum jubilee or whatever. She'd been around for so long, they ran out of words to like describe her reign. Like usually, uh, within 
20 years a monarch will pass away. This is completely unprecedented. We need to hire a society just to keep up. The next one will be the Omega. And the other one after that, the Alpha. And then after that, it's no longer my business. I'll be dead by then. I mean, the Queen literally was at an all-time high when I went away to do 350. And then she slowly deteriorated. Probably a good couple months later, you know, started deteriorating. Little by little, little by little, little by little, little by little. And died before I got around to putting this bad boy up. Putting the final touches on the old Kenny Ho show finale. Yes, I did make the Queen's death about me just now. Why not? It's 350. I don't need to be humble. I don't need to be considerate and classy. What's going to happen? People going to stop listening? There's nothing more to listen to. This is it. Cancelled? Ha! I'm canceling you before you can cancel me. But nah, the fact that she died wasn't like... I mean, part of it is like, oh, I really did think that that woman was just going to keep going. She could break all kinds of records. The Queen's 100th... Not birthday, but I mean her rule. Her 100th year as ruler. I figured that was going to happen. Now, I hoped I wouldn't be around to see it. Because isn't that like a solid 30 years away? My goodness. I mean, I guess so. If I'm... Here's how I look at it. Either I go in like 10, 15 years uh, of natural causes, of course. I'm too much of a coward to kill myself. I've gotten to, I've come to that conclusion. It took 10 years and 350 episodes to do it, but I've, I've reached a conclusion where, eh, buying a rope, not that hard. Buying a rickety stool, a little bit harder, but still probably not that hard. I mean, I should do that. I should order a rickety stool from uh, Kijiji or whatever. I'm sure whoever's selling it to me, when I go pick it up, they will kill me. I'm pretty sure if you're selling something shady like that, you're definitely a serial killer waiting for his prey to show up. But yeah, either I go, you know, in my 40s or whatever, uh, or I go like 70, 75 tops, just so I can get a decade of free money from sugar daddy Justin Trudeau and have some kind of retirement. Although, like, I, I look at it now, I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's going to be really bad for me <laughs> when that happens. Because I'll be on a fixed income and it, there's no way it's going to be a good income. Like, I was uh, watching the news yesterday and uh, these hippies, these, uh, these new Democratic Party guys were like, listen, we're on strike, huh? Uh, the closest thing to a hunger strike, okay? We're gonna, we're gonna align ourselves with these welfare-loving folk and spend the same amount of money that they would spend on groceries. $45 a week. $45 a week is a slap in the face, though. $45 a week on groceries? Oh, my God. Is it just one person, though? I feel like if you have a family, like, they probably give you more. 45, could I get by on 45? The answer is an astonishing, not astonishing at all, an unsurprising hell no. Even though I'm not as fat as I once was at my peak, where I look like Asian Shrek with long hair, I still like to eat. It might not be impossible now that I think of it, because, like, legit, the other day I bought some pork chops and it was like, it was like six bucks for like, I think six pork chops. So 
you know what? I take all that shit back where it's like, ah, maybe it's, oh, it's not maybe that is possible. It's definitely possible. I think about 45 bucks, like, if it's per person, of course, if it's per, I doubt it's per family. No way they're that cruel. Let's say it's per person. Why couldn't you buy, like, three packs of pork chops for, like, 18 bucks and then get 18 pork chops? You can have two pork chops on most days and on the real special days when you're feeling real frisky. You can have yourself a third pork chop. Sure, if you want to be, like, a fancy douchebag and have, like, kale juice and avocado toast or whatever. Well, first of all, don't be on welfare. If you want to live the the good life, you want to live like a bourgeoisie type of guy, you, you should probably go and get a gig. And a really good one at that. Uh, so you can live this lifestyle and not mooch off the taxpayer. The problem is, these welfare-loving folk, they don't care about money. In the sense that, They are bad with money. They piss it away. They're in that position for a reason. They're not a good saver. They don't have a little nest egg. They see money, they spend money. They see shit they want, they buy shit that they want. I mean, perfect example. I got lots of examples. But one perfect example is I used to work with a dude. Good guy. But he was always crying poor. And I never quite understood it because he's in a very similar situation as me uh, in the sense that we're both homely losers that live in our mama's basement. But his parents have an income and he his income was identical to mine because he literally worked whenever I worked. So we made the exact same amount of money. Yet somehow he was always crying poor. And for a while, I felt bad for him. You don't want to see people in that situation. But I just never quite understood, you know, we made the same amount of money, yet I made, I stretched that shit out, you know? Thank the good Lord I'm an introvert. I have zero interest in going out there and doing really anything. So it's not that hard for me to make it stretch, but he's kind of the same way. It's not like he was going to the club and buying girls drinks. This is the type of dude that like creeps out girls, right? No girls accepting a drink from him. Because if you didn't know him, just looking at him, you would think he definitely is putting something in that drink. So you wouldn't take it from him. But I got to know the guy quite a bit, and you realize he's just really bad with money. It has nothing to do with... Well, I mean, it has something to do with not making a lot of money, but he can't make it stretch because he'll do dumb shit like buy brand new video games at $90 Canadian a pop. He actively participates. The only thing he actively participates in at all, because he's fat, uh, but he actively participates in buying microtransactions. And his whole family is bad with money. Yeah, at one point, he told me he had to go to the food bank, and I felt really bad for the guy. But then you hear these stories, like he had a perfectly good car, like his family had a perfectly good car, but they went and decided... To trade it in for a brand new model. I think the car was like 40 grand. I'm like, so these are the types of decisions that land you in the poor house. When you have a perfectly good car and you're considered poor, don't be buying brand new cars. And he used to eat out a lot. He used to pick up takeout a lot. And that's going to get you. People need to buy their own damn groceries. I mean, look around people. There's so many grocery stores. 
They built these things to be convenient. They built these things near residential areas. In some neighborhoods, you probably have to go further to get someone to make you your damn food than go to the place where you can pick up the stuff to make it by yourself. I mean, the other day I saw that there was two grocery stores, two competing grocery stores side by side. I know $45 is not a lot of money, but it's free money. And if you try, you can definitely, you don't have to even try that hard. You just have to cook for yourself. You just can't go and buy Uber Eats. Sure, it sucks. But that's what happens when you give up. When you're like, you know what? I'm going to let the government take care of me. I'm not going to be ambitious and try to dig myself out of this hole. You're going to have to make some concessions here and there. It's like when I let go, when I put on all that weight. At that point, I'm like, well, I'm out of the conversation for the really hot girls. And I have nobody to blame but myself. And Chef Boy RD, goddamn, why do you make such a delicious product? These people are just whiners. These people just love a free handout. Because the lady was saying, like the NDP lady was saying, these people are not, they're not dignified and respected by the Ford government. They need, basically, they need a bigger handout. I'm like, they're taking a handout. The, where's the dignity in that? The moment you showed up to the welfare office, your dignity went out the window. You needed to move on from that. I'm not saying you shouldn't take that free money, because believe me, at this point, I'm so overworking. I would definitely show up to the uh, to the welfare office. I, what's dignity worth to me? I, I get no respect anywhere I go anyway, so it's not like uh, I have all that much dignity to begin with. I get treated like a lackey at every single job that I ever show up at. There's no dignity in that. Free money and no dignity? Well, that's way better than, oh, I gotta work for it and I get no dignity. These people, they live in their privileged lives even though they're like the poor scum of the earth. They're like, we deserve some respect too, huh? It's like, bitch, I found you blackout drunk in the back hallway two weeks ago. And a month before that, you almost choked on your own vomit and died. Dignity? That ship sailed a long time ago, man. But I digress. I came on to talk about the queen passing away. Not for the sake of her passing away. Sure, it was, It's you know, it's a big deal. You know, I think she ruled for 70 years, right? I don't even want to be alive for 70 years, let alone doing my job for 70 years. Granted, her gig's pretty good. She just needs to show up, shake some hands, kiss some babies. You know, and if rumors are to be believed, you know, kill a princess of Wales or two. No, the only reason why I came back on to talk about it is because these guys... A lot of times I beat myself up. I'm like, I'm a loser, I'm not tough, I'm soft... I can't attract a beautiful woman if my life depended on it. All that type of stuff. I'm such a huge loser. But it turns out, there are so many bigger losers than me. Right now, the queen's lying in wake or whatever. And uh, everyone uh, who's a big enough loser to go and say and want to say their farewells and goodbyes can. But uh, uh, wait times are an expected... Uh, 24 hours. You heard that right, not 24 minutes. 
24 hours, an entire day. Is everybody on welfare? Is everybody getting $45 a week to buy their groceries with? 24 hours? Are you out of your mind? And for like a, like a maybe like 30 second thing, you show up, you're like, oh yes, thank you, Queen. You, uh, you were, it meant absolutely nothing to me in my life. It did absolutely nothing for me and mine in my life. Uh, but I'm, for whatever reason, because I'm a sycophant, I'm a sheep. I love playing Simon Says. I have no opinions of my own. So I'm here to say goodbye. Next, get out of here. You're allotted 30 seconds, you friggin' hobo. Get out of here. I hope you enjoy your $15 mocha frappuccino latte from Starbucks. That could have literally been your meals for an entire week. Get it together, scumbag. Now I stand by it. You have to be a loser to care about the queen that much to get in line for 24 hours to pay your respects. I wouldn't even get in line for 24 hours to say goodbye to my own grandmother. Believe me, when my grandmama died, and they, if, they, if my family was like, she was so popular that all her friends and family were going to show up and say goodbye. And uh, there's so many of them that it's going to be a 24-hour wait for you to say goodbye. I would just be like, you know what, grandmama, you were a nice lady. I'm sure you'd understand that I don't want to waste my life standing out in the bitter cold. It's getting cold. It's not like the middle, even if it's the middle of the summer, I'll probably get heat stroke. 24 hours is a long time to be doing anything. I'm like, Grandmama, there's two possible scenarios here. One, you just, when you die, you're just dead. There's no afterlife. You don't know that people are saying goodbye to you. You don't even know that you're in that coffin. It's lights out and then that's it. Or, there is an afterlife. There's a god, there's a devil. You're going up or down. My grandmama had her flaws, don't get me wrong. She loved money more than she loved people. And she loved certain people more than other people. What I'm trying to allude to is I was poor. And let's be honest, who could love my mother? So she did not care for my side of the family. Loved my cousins, didn't much care for me. But I still don't think she's a bad person. She's probably upstairs. So with that being said, you've died, you've lived a good life. You lived in the lap of luxury. You had a lot of good times. And now you're an angel. Why the hell would you care if people said goodbye to you or not? She didn't strike me as soft. Maybe my feelings would be hurt, but grandmama's definitely not. She would be like, oh my God, look at the house I live in. It's a hundred times bigger than the other one I lived in. And oh, look at here. It's the family members I do like that have come here. Old Kenny and his are still down there. This is the best time ever. Like, oh yeah, don't you want to see who's saying goodbye to you? Hell no. I'm trying to enjoy my new life, my new afterlife. Everyone else be damned. Look, I got wings. I can fly. She's having a grand old time. She does not care if people are saying goodbye or not. I wouldn't. Would you? And would you ever line up for something like that? If you're a better person than me, maybe for your grandmama. But if you say, yeah, I'd line up for the queen, stop listening right now. 
because I don't care anymore. doesn't matter. One listener, a million listeners, it doesn't matter anymore. Old Kenny Ho Show is done. Unless I do get that million uh, listeners. I'm like, oh, it's a resurgence. 20 more years of Old Kenny Ho Show, but you know what I mean. One listener, two listeners, doesn't matter. It's not, a, it means nothing. If you're a friggin' big enough loser to go and line up for 24 hours to say goodbye to the queen, kill yourself. Stop listening to the Kenny Ho Show and kill yourself. Because life will never be good for you if you're making stupid boneheaded decisions like that. 24 hours, I would, there's almost nothing I would ever line up for 24 hours for. Maybe to like, not even to meet Kristen Crook. I literally paid $100 and I was not thrilled. I'm like, there's gotta be a lineup. It's gotta be like, a hundred people, I'm just gonna go in and say, hey, what's up, and go. I remember meeting Michelle Branch, I remember meeting Tiffany Alvord. Oh, goddamn, Tiffany Alvord, that was so annoying. But uh, there were lineups with that. Tiffany Alvord was like five, six people, so it wasn't so bad. But Michelle Branch, man, it was like coast to coast. I did not care for that. And at best, that was an hour wait. The Tiffany Alvord thing was no big deal. Like, there was no, like, no wait. Like, nobody came to see her. It was like literally like 15, 20 people. Whereas Lily Singh had 5,000 people come see her. Yeah, that hour to meet Michelle Branch, I would never do it again. And if it was, let's say, double up for Kristen Crook, maybe. Two hours, maybe. For like a little like one minute thing, maybe. Probably not. So if two hours is debatable, I guarantee you 24 hours is absolutely out of the question. Unless it were... You get to sit down with her for an hour and have like a legitimate conversation with her where maybe she remembers you. But if she's talking to 23 other people, probably not. And I thought about it for a second. I'm like, what if it were like kissing my dream girl, the Italian baby girl that I talked about in 349 like six months ago at this point? What if it were... Oh, line up for 24 hours and you get to kiss her. It's like, well, if it's a kissing boots type of situation, I'm probably going to catch herpes. So no to that either. So there is nothing on this planet that I would stand in line for 24 hours for. Not even for like dream come true type of situations. Let alone saying goodbye to the queen who quite frankly means absolutely nothing to me. Sure, whatever, Canada's part of the Commonwealth, part of the British Empire, but let's face it, what the hell does that mean to me? The sun may never set on the British Empire, but despite all that sunshine, not a single one of those sons of bitches gave a shit to listen to old Kenny. I'm pretty sure I haven't amassed three, four listens from all of the entire British Empire combined. The sun never sets on the British Empire, but it always sets on old Kenny. There's never any sunshine. And I don't know how to feel about this. I'm not big in the countries that I would actually care about. You know, the British Empire, the Commonwealth, you know, namely Canada, my quote-unquote home and native land. But I'm huge in countries where women have no rights. I think these guys, I don't think they understand I'm joking and screwing around. They're taking what I say as gospel. They're, oh my gosh! No, no, they wouldn't say that. They're, oh Allah! You've sent us another prophet! He speaks truths! 
we don't always like it. Sometimes he makes fun of how fat and hairy some of us are, but it's true. We're fat, hairy, and smelly. And every so often, we do like to go kaboom. But he's so right about the women. They're not people. They're washing machines. Ah, <laughs> death to the infidels. Ah, casual racism. And casual sexism. Casual ageism. Casual all kinds of hate. Things that quote-unquote this world doesn't stand for. Bullshit, alright? It doesn't stand for in public. But we all know these people are secretly closeted. Maybe not that secretly. But um, everyone's a piece of shit. Let's face it. People are shallow. People are selfish. People are generally up to no good, alright? And if you don't believe me and don't take precautions against these things, well, good for you, I guess. But know that I won't feel bad for you when you give your life savings away to a Nigerian prince. Kenny, I know you're there. Pick up. It's me, your sugar daddy, Justin Trudeau. I know I said I didn't need you anymore, but I was wrong. All these women I put into office, you know, to make myself look better, to make myself look like I'm woke and that I'm progressive and that I'm about the people. Well, it turns out you're right. These bitches are annoying. They are mean. They are worse than working with men, yes? But it's too late, I... I can't remove them from office without looking like a real douchebag. And people don't seem to like me for whatever reason. I believe it's because I'm so handsome. Come on. You're not even gay, but you are willing to go gay for pay for me. I am dashing after all, ain't I? And I'm learning. Women aren't for me. I'm learning. Nags like my wife Sophie. I think that's what her name is. It doesn't matter anymore. She was just there for show. She was... As you said, a baby-making machine to make, to make me look legit. But since we've been apart, I've realized old Kenny's what I need in my life. Nobody does it like you, baby. You've got an ass that won't quit. And because you're slightly out of shape, you jiggle all over. And it makes me feel great. It reminds me of when I was a young boy growing up in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. Bonjour, mes amis. Sucky, sucky me. I no longer need sugar daddy Justin Trudeau. He's no longer the hottest prime minister on the planet. You see this bitch in Finland? Ooh, I don't have to be gay for pay anymore. I am like, be legit about it. I can go up to this girl and be like, listen, listen, I come highly recommended from the Canadian Prime Minister.
He said, I have an ass that won't quit. And I got to tell you, it's true. So I know you just came off of one video scandal, but let's make another, all right? Let's make a fun tape, huh? And she's like, oh, you know, I usually don't, but since it's your final episode, let's just like suspend disbelief and be like, yeah, I'm down. You're disgusting. Now, every single Kenny Ho show milestone show has had a central bit. Well, maybe not 100. Now that I think of it, maybe 100 didn't have a central bit. But I know for a fact 200 had incel as kind of the central bit. And then 300 had axiom. So I figured 350 should have one too. And this one was obvious to me. This one was a no-brainer. It's certainly something I wanted to talk about had I had the Kenny Ho show going at the time. This thing was a gold mine. Not that anyone would have given a rat's ass. Not that I would have gotten one single listener, one single new listener out of it. Not that I would have elicited a single iota of anybody given more of a rat's ass for the Kenny Ho show. But I'm not here to cry over spilt milk. It is what it is. I'm here. I've accepted my fate. Or at least the fate of the Kenny Ho Show. My fate is still yet to be determined. And sadly, the fate of the old Kenny Ho Show is... This is it. One last time. One more central bit. And this one's a doozy. This one... Was simply riveting. The court case of the century. Eat your heart out, OJ. You murdering your wife and her harlot boyfriend ain't nothing but a chicken wing. The greatest of all time, as far as the courtroom is concerned, is Depp v. Heard. Oh my god, did you take this bad boy in? Oh my goodness, it was so unbelievably riveting. Like I was losing sleep. In order to take in the clips. And when I say clips. I mean like the full like. uh, Hour long. What were they called? Like uh, witness testimonies. Like this shit. You can't even make this stuff up. Like this is on par. With things like burden of truth. A legal drama. There were characters. There was drama. There were scandals. You couldn't script a better show. And at times, I'm like, man, this show is awesome. Wait a minute. This is not a show. This is real life. There are times I'm like, is this actually real life? This seems fake. In the best way, of course. Unlike Amber Heard's acting. I'm like, oh my god. It's a good thing you used to be hot. Or else you'd be working at the Boom Boom Club for $20 a dance, girl. Your acting is Friggin' horrendous. My dog stepped on a bee. I'm like, what the hell was that? What just happened? And then, like, you know, she'll put on the fake tears, those crocodile tears. And then, like, moments later, not even moments, like a moment later, it's like, I'm good. I'm now composed. I'm like, either you're a psychopath, lady, or you're faking it. You know? As sp- speaking as a man with a lot of experience... In a crying corner, I can tell you. When you let it go like that, you're usually inconsolable for the next 20 minutes or so. You can't just turn it on and off. 
But she's the perfect example of evil comes disguised, right? You look at her, well, the old her, like the new her. I'm like, man, don't you have a, like a special place you can go to in Hollywood where they make you look young? I mean, you clearly donated jack and shit from your divorce settlement. I'm sure you got a few million dollars laying around somewhere. You should probably go to the special place and try to turn back the hands of time, lady, because you're falling victim to Mother Nature's will. You're a pretty white girl. You probably fly as shit from as early as, like, I don't know, 13? Like, your classmates in your hillbilly town were probably very, very lucky uh, because you developed early. But there's always a price. You want to be the prom queen? Sure. You want to be the hottest girl in high school? Sure. You want to develop young and never have to stuff your bra? Sure. But bitch, that means you got the good years early, but that means those bad years come early as well. 24 going on 40. It was to the point where I was like, what the hell did Johnny Depp see in her? Yeah, I get that she's a lot younger than him, and, like, that's a bonus, but you could hardly tell. Like, the girl on stand, the woman on stand, on the stand, yeah, you know, doesn't look that much younger than the Johnny Depp I remember. Now, don't get me wrong, this is, like, this Johnny Depp. You don't look like the Johnny Depp that I've known. There's clearly somebody that's been dragged through the mud. He's been a mess emotionally. And he's definitely tried to fill that hole with burritos and mini pizzas. I've, I've seen it. I, I know that look. And booze, I guess. I also know that look. That bloated corpse look. I know it. I walked around with it for like three years myself. But then I looked up some photos when I guess they were younger and pre... Maybe? I, I don't know that it's pre-her being an abusive psychopath. But certainly... This is pre-divorce, so uh, they were out at you know movie premieres and stuff together. And I was like, God damn, Amber Heard, looking fly, looking like, yeah, I could see how a man uh, of Johnny Depp's stature would fall madly in love with her. But that's why you can't get married to a girl like that. Listen, you know you're buying high, okay? Like, treat it like a stock. You know, you made a good investment. You got a lot of return, I'm sure. That girl looks like she got an ass that won't quit either. But you know somebody's speculating for that stock to be as high as it is. You gotta let it go. Let it go before she's an anchor around your neck. Let it go before she looks like the wicked witch of the West. But of course he didn't. Of course he was a damn fool. A hopeless romantic, I see. I recognize that too. I've seen that bullshit looking in the mirror. It's gross. Women don't deserve the respect. They must know their roles and shut their mouths. Sit there, stand still, look pretty. Learn how to cook, learn how to sew. And more importantly, learn how to raise some kids because that's all they're good for. Well, I mean, after I give her the old humpity hump pump humpity hump pump, look at old Kenny go. 
That's her main gig in life. Rearing children. Wait a minute. Rearing children? This joke is no longer believable. Because if I were with a woman, which is already far-fetched and quite a stretch for the human imagination, but let's say I got one, like a decent one, one that I would give the old hibbity-dibbity-doo to, Ah, the old hibbity-dibbity-doo. It's been a long time since I used that term. And I suppose this will be the last time for me to use that term. Let me use it again. So, let's say I meet a nice girl, I give her the old hibbity-dibbity-doo, and I accidentally knock her up, I would have to look for the longest flight of stairs in the vicinity of my neighborhood, have the girl walk to the edge of it, and then push her the hell down, ending her pregnancy and her reign of terror over my life. But Johnny Depp, you can't be falling for these women. They're only good for raising children and making you dinner. There are reasons why most countries don't feature a bunch of women in their political system. It's because we need decision makers based on facts science, and proven methods of success, not emotions. It's things like this why the Kenny Ho show must end. But let's get back on track. This court case was brilliant. The character work is better than anything Disney could possibly come up with. Like, first and foremost, why I bring up Disney is because They've got this goddamn infatuation with creating strong, independent women. Erwan gonna love these characters we made. Erwan's gonna buy into female empowerment. Girl power. Everybody hates the characters you've come up with. Well, anyone who's real hates the characters you've come up with. You know, the sycophants and the delusional, you know, the... The... Uh, professional ass kissers. They love Ray Skywalker. They love what's her name, Brie Larson or whatever. They love bland, boring ass characters who are OPAF. Who wants to see a beautiful journey anymore? Huh? Who wants to be inspired by movies and their characters anymore? Huh? Who? in their right mind, would want to see someone on screen that they may just relate to. That's all crazy talk. Super-powered, perfect bitches who never, ever seem to enjoy life. That's what we want to see. But it turns out, Disney... And it's not just Disney. Remember He-Man? Remember Kevin Smith? I'm like, oh my god, this guy this guy inspired me to create a podcast. This was my dude for years. Oh my god, he sold out so hard. He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He's like, listen, listen. I didn't lie. Technically, He-Man is in the show. And the Masters of the Universe. I just put an emphasis on the Masters of the Universe. I'm like, then it should have been called the Masters of the Universe featuring He-Man. What? You can't bullshit a bullshitter. I invented the game. And what was her name? Tila or whatever? Oh my god. Like, that's the perfect example of what uh, is everything that is wrong with current day character writing. 
especially for women. Like, do you see that? Like, she's got this, like, manly haircut. Like, not even a manly haircut. It's a short haircut that no self-respecting man would get. It's a douchebag's haircut is basically what it is. It's I'm trying so hard to be cool. Look at it. The side of my head's shaved. I'm like, listen, listen, that's not practical, my guy. When it's cold out, you'll wish you didn't buzz off half your hair. You know how, like, this side is nice and warm? But this side, you're like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? It's because you're a douchebag, huh? You got the stupid haircut. That's what's happening right now. This is what happens when you give away your individualism. When you buy into this herd mentality. You can't trust these fat chicks with blue hair. Nobody loves them. Why would you ever take style pointers from someone with no style? Nobody's ever looked at one of these big moo-moo mean bitches and been like, Hey there. I like you physically in any way, shape, or form. These broads are angry. These radical feminists, these big old women, are angry and shitty. They're the way they are because nobody ever loved them. Not their mamas. Not their daddies who ran away because like, you know what? I may be a dick for doing this, but I heard on the Kenny Ho show a pretty solid escape move. And that is, you know, just leave five grand in the drawer and be like, oh, yeah, I'm so tired. Let me just uh, go get a pack of smokes, you know? But then his mean wife is like, but you don't smoke. I know you've been listening to that goddamn podcast. Don't think you're going to run out on me. So, oh, no, no, I wouldn't dare. I just uh, heard smoking's cool. And hey, I want to be cool. I want to go into work and. Have all the guys, hey, look, it's Dave. Dave is so cool. I want to be friends with Dave. You know what? You don't trust me? Why don't you, why don't you go pick up the pack of smokes? And then she's like, I will. And then she goes and picks up the pack of smokes. And when she returns, the house is in cinders. He burned the whole damn place down. His future mean, nasty, radical Fem Nazi of a daughter uh, would survive the fire because she is uh, Hitler incarnate. And while we're on the subject, because this is the final episode, I need to remind you, and all the greatest hits are back, right? I need to remind you of the move exactly. Don't do what that guy did. Don't do what Davy Don't Did did, okay? You can't go to your wife and be like, oh, I've never smoked a day in my life. Let me go. And pick up a pack of cigarettes. No, no, no. You gotta, you gotta, this is a, you gotta dig deep. This is a move you put into years in advance. Like, if you're dating a girl and you think she could be the one because you're dating her like at 20, you're like, this bitch is fly. She is tight all over and not a single wrinkle on her face. Let me start smoking. Why? Because in four years' time, when she falls off the cliff, she'll know you as a smoker. Your child will know you as a smoker. It is then she has fallen prey to the greatest escape move in sports entertainment. She has stepped into the trap. She will now believe you when you're like, Ah, damn, I smoked a whole pack today. Let me get another one. I'll be right back. And if your kid is like 
adorable and cool and stuff, eh, you know, maybe give him or her a kiss goodbye. If she looks like she's going to be, like, a menace to men everywhere, you know, by the time she turns 17 and, like, 300 pounds, you're like, you know what? I'm going to get you used to a life where nobody's going to kiss you. Goodbye. And you drive off for that pack of smokes. But then you end up in Tijuana, Mexico. Where the Spanish whores are. Where you'll live your best life. Just don't get involved with drugs because like the cartel will like really, really put an end to your, your streak there of living your best life. Yikes. And what the hell was I saying? Oh yes, yeah, like, what I say, like, Disney doesn't know how to... Well, everyone, right? Yeah, Tila and them. Nobody knows how to write a strong female character. There's like, hmm, so... If we just make them completely unrelatable, super-powered, everybody just magically loves them, they never have to earn anything, you know, even if uh, uh, they make a mistake, somehow that works out way better for them, and there is no price to pay. Oh, and they're also going to be super jacked with a douchebag haircut. It's like, you understand... What woman have you ever met that's like that? I have never met a woman in my life that looks like Tila. And the fact that you give all these women like very traditional masculine traits, it's basically saying in order to be a strong woman, you have to be a man. There's no such thing as a strong woman. I'm like, whoa, guys, I thought you were woke. You guys are worse than Nazis. You guys are not only cis males, but you're bringing toxic masculinity to a whole new level here. I thought you guys were going to finally be the people who brought proper representation into our government so that women could rule over men because we're superior, don't you know? I'm going like crazy on this bit. This was supposed to be like a five minute bit. We're at like minute 20 right now. Oh well, it's the final episode. Hold nothing back. Listen, I want my baby-making machines to look like they can make some babies, all right? The way this woman is jacked up, I'm like, you know, the amount of steroids she took to get there, I'm pretty sure she has a penis. I'm pretty sure it's massive. I'm pretty sure if she whipped it out on the table, I'm like, lady, put that snake away. I don't want to get bitten. No, but back on point, like, these guys need to look at this court case, because there's a perfect, perfect example of a strong woman that if you wrote in a movie, everybody would love her and every, nobody would question why she's good at stuff. Because it's like, she went to school, she worked hard, she educated herself, and then like through hard work and practice and experience, and maybe, who knows, learning from others. And oh yeah, you know, actually failing and learning hard lessons, she managed to apply all of this stuff and became one hell of an attorney. I'm, of course, talking about Camille Vasquez, who was very feminine, hmm? doesn't need to look like a man, doesn't need to have that douchebag haircut. She can have like a regular traditional uh, female long haircut and uh, look amazing, you know, look very female 
traditional female, you know, the things that people tend to take to and not like, oh, yeah, I, I, I like this because you're making me like it. No, this girl was attractive, like gorgeous, smart. And when it came time, she showed her strength. She didn't let Amber Heard, like, run circles around her with her lies and horse shit. She caught her in every lie and she took her down each and every single time. And she did it in a way that was palatable, acceptable, and encouraged. Unlike, and this is like the movie aspect, right? Of course, the good guy, the guy who's being framed, has like the gorgeous, angelic, sweet, lovable, strong woman as his lawyer. But on the opposite side, the evil witch, her lawyer, her defense lawyer, is a Karen. An old hag who nobody would ever fantasize about unless like they hated themselves and their mother. You know, you got a couple of freaks. I forget her name, but you know, Karen, you got some freaks. Don't worry about it. You know, please don't hurt me. Oh my God, that woman scared me so much. Like how she was like taking everyone to task. But like with horse shit, it was like, so you're just like badgering the witness at this point. You're just like, like she went into every one of those trying to discredit the person. I'm like, you have no argument. You're trying to be like, yeah, shit, they're telling the truth, but we got to make it seem like they're not. We got to make people not believe their story. I'm like, that probably got to require finesse that you don't have just because you're like evil. You only got this one move. Let me destroy. And oh my God, she got destroyed because, uh, Again, the beautiful, traditional, feminine, gorgeous, but oh so strong and capable, intelligent, clinical psychologist, Dr. Shannon Murray. Curry? Curry. Dr. Shannon Curry. Oh, she was so lovely. Like, she handled this like a pro. Because all she did was use facts. That old hag was trying to, like, corner her by like uh intimidating her and such by just saying things and then shannon curry was just like no that's not quite right the facts are this uh the 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 paper and the material the evidence says this you're just saying things right now lady i don't understand what you're doing stop talking about the muffins that was my favorite part no actually my favorite part was uh, the clinical, well, I don't even know if he was a clinical psychologist, but like the psychologist for the bad guys, that dude was so shady. He was like, he is totally from like a movie, you know, like a, like a stereotypical mob movie. He's definitely who the mob would hire. A mob boss would hire this guy to take the stand for him. Hey, the talk. I got 10 K's with your name on it. If you go there and tell him I'm great. And Johnny Depp's a piece of trash. And this guy was like, Do you know who I am? Huh? Do you know how legit I am? Huh? Do you know how many hours I spent getting this diploma? Huh? My cousin Polly printed that off for you. He runs that Ponzi scheme. So I feel like maybe, I don't know, if there's a lineup, maybe uh, two hours. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Could, could, could you give me like a... Uh, a pack of donuts on top of the, the 10 grand. I'm kind of hungry. Ah, deal. Yes, you drive a hard bargain there, huh? Slime, slimy Steve or whatever your name is. This guy was so zany, the shit he was saying. I think at one point he was like, he like deduced Johnny Depp from his performance as Captain Jack Sparrow. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? 
you do understand as a character, right? Like, you do know what acting is, right? And you do know that Johnny Depp modeled Jack Sparrow after Keith Richards, right? So I'm not saying your deduction isn't correct, but I don't believe it has anything to do with Johnny Depp. But it seems like you got, you nailed Keith Richards to the T there, bud. Way to go. Oh, wait, my favorite part was the, the Karen's partner, the other evil lawyer. The man's name was Rottenborn. That is so crazy. A lawyer being named Rottenborn is akin to a chef being named Delicious. Best court case ever. It was so much fun to watch. And uh, quite frankly, because uh, I was watching, I don't remember the channel. It was like some legal, like, you know, they've been there before and they're still going on. They have, it's like, they have YouTube videos every single day. But believe me, there's nothing as nice as that uh, court case. Turns out not everybody is Hollywood beautiful. Oh my god, because I, I was on there, because after you watch it for a while, YouTube's like, the algorithm's like, oh yeah, so uh, you like watching this, like, court channel or whatever? Here's more videos from them, and it's like horrible shit. Like, I'm, I'm not even kidding, I think like the week after the Johnny Depp case, like, YouTube was like, recommended for you. Uh, some child got abducted and murdered. I'm like, what? This is not the same shit. That's so terrifying and horrible. Whereas Amber Heard, this lying sack of shit getting her just desserts. That's amazing. That's a Hollywood movie. This girl being abducted after school and getting her throat slit from ear to ear. Doesn't have the same ring to it, huh? I had to quickly put do not recommend channel right after that. Third time's a charm, I guess, eh? I've been, I've recorded this, um, I guess this outro, this uh, final segment uh, twice now. And this is, other than the Queen bit that I guess I recorded last week sometime, this is the, this was the first time that I did like a long record. This was, I think I did like an hour at first and then I was like, that's a lot. That's a lot of stuff for someone to sit through. And then so I said, all right, let's just do it again, tighten it up. And it was another 45 minutes. And then just editing it, I'm like, you know what? It's, it's, it's a lot. It's not necessary. Uh, it's good for me. Absolutely. I've, I've discovered recently that uh, Kenny Ho's show is really good for me as far as expressing myself is concerned. And Kenny Ho's show has been good for many years. It was, it's been good for me because it was my, it was my hope. It was my, I thought it would be my rocket ship. Because, you know, I've, I've not always lacked self-confidence. At least not in every facet of life. I've always known that I'm a good performer that I'm funny, that I can make good stuff. You know, it was just, I had bad luck. Um, I wasn't strong. I uh, made bad decisions. I meant well, but they're still bad decisions. And that's what screwed me up. So radio school was supposed to be my redemption. 
and that Kenny Hosho was supposed to be the embodiment of my redemption. And I truly believed at one point, I'm like, this thing is going to happen. I'm good. I've got talent. I'm going to make it. This show will be a big deal. And to say that I'm disappointed or have been disappointed, um, he's putting it lightly. It's quite an understatement. Now, I don't know. I'm just so beat up now. I, I don't know. I, I mean, if I really want to think of it, yeah, I can make myself sad. It can matter to me. Don't get me wrong. Because, man, beyond doing it for myself, I would love to do it for my dad. That's a man who's... All he's known is suffering in his life. All he's done is work uh, ungodly amounts of hours doing the shittiest jobs uh, known to man. And he's given us everything and he's never asked for a damn thing in return. And I haven't been a great son. Sometimes I give him shit because like there's things he does. I'm like, dude, this is like not good for you, you know? It's a really bad habit for you to uh, be in. You know, if you need some help, you know, I feel like, no, I don't feel like I know you have mental health issues because takes one to no one. When you have as many as I do, it doesn't uh, take much for me to be like, there's a telltale sign that he's got some. I'm like, dude, if you need help, let's go get help or like, just talk to me. We'll figure it out. And he never does. And he just keeps going down uh, paths I don't agree with. But at the end of the day, I love my dad very, very much. He's a good guy and he deserves he deserves a son that could make him proud. And sadly, I'm not that in any uh, shape or form. And it's not about being a star or anything. He doesn't care about any of that. My mom, on the other hand, loved it. Back in the day when uh, when I went to theater school, there would be these um, the, the opening parties, right? So for every play during our season, uh, the, the program would throw a big party for us. Oh, and she loved it. She loved going to these fancy parties, meeting people, chatting people up, and being like, your son is so talented. I'm pretty sure no one ever said that because they're haters. Yeah, but my dad never cared about any of that. He just wants us all to be good, be good people and do well in life. And I haven't been able to deliver. I don't think I'm a bad guy. In fact, in, in the past, I feel like I have been a very good person, a great person. But I'm damaged as shit now. And and the worst part is he still has to worry about if someday I'm going to die on the streets, you know. And I was so... The one thing he actually did ask of me, he's like, Kenny, like uh, when I was going back to radio school, going back to school, he's like, Kenny, I'd, I'd like you to meet a girl. You know, I, I want you to uh, have a wife and kids, you know. I'm like, Dad, you better believe that is also my goal i would like nothing more so it upsets me that i i was so damaged at the time because the world that chewed me out and spit me out right i just couldn't seal the deal i had plenty of irons on fires and i was still handsome but just so wrecked on the inside because i've talked about her a million times cutter girl cutter girl's the one that got away there will there's Unless something happens with uh, Italian baby girl, like we start dating and then like it falls apart, then I would say, but even then, because Italian baby girl is not 
we're not like the same. She's a very extroverted girl. She's pretty glamorous. Uh, I mean, I guess it's an opposite to track type of situation in the sense that uh, she's my opposite and I'm attracted. Whereas I'm her opposite and she's like, I swear to God, if you take one more step towards me, that's what this mace is for. But Cutter Girl will always be the introverted artist girl who I know we could have had like a crazy great relationship because because I feel like she and I we could have and would have done a lot of staying in and just playing video games whereas Italian baby girl she's more extroverted so I feel like she'd like to go out more which is not ideal but who knows she's surprised me a lot I thought she was one way that what that's what drew me to her in the first place but like this is the sweetest onion I've ever peeled it, it's not every layer is stinky this one is oh my god every layer is more sweet like a delicious cake of sorts I suppose mmm she's a hot piece of cake she just became more attractive in my book. But you know what? A lot of that is in the past, right? Kenny Hosho is going to be in the past. Uh, Cutter Girl's definitely in the past. She moved to a different city. I'm pretty sure she's got like a live-in boyfriend now. Um, I haven't checked in on her in the longest time. And I won't. I won't ever check on her again because there's no reason for that. And why I say the Kenny Ho show, I realize it's great for me, is that self-expression. Even if I don't talk about what's bothering me, just talking at all helps. Because something really bad happened at work. Um, I felt like I was grossly mistreated, yet somehow I'm the one who received a disciplinary action. Um... So I'm, I'm shook up. Uh, I'm very uh, frustrated and annoyed at the whole situation. Disappointed, even uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I don't really expect all that much. Yeah, no. You know what? There is some disappointment uh, in some people uh, to whatever extent. No. So that's that's also there. But man, like I've thought. I knew anxiety. I thought nobody knows anxiety. Well, maybe not nobody. I'm sure there's people that are way more anxious than me, but I live with anxiety each and every single day of my life. Uh, there's not a, a day that goes by that at some point it doesn't kick in. I just I just know how to deal with it or at least live with it. Right? It's not, it's not the end of the world. So I, I, I thought legitimately there's nothing that could be thrown my way that would cause uh, an anxiety I couldn't control, but I was wrong. This incident flared up my anxiety, probably worse. It's either to the worst levels it's ever been, or it's like top two. Like it's been really bad. And thank God for podcasting. Because <laughs> getting to come on here, taking basically three hours to express myself to get stuff off my chest has really made a big difference. 
I mean, the simple solution to this would have just been like, you know what? I don't like how you guys handled this. I don't like how you treated me. I'm out. I'm gone. Like, and I don't, and that's crossed my mind multiple times because I really don't care. I've been there so long. Like I've talked about leaving time after time and I've always found a reason to stay. And of course, isn't this how life works? Like really be careful of what you put into the universe. Cause I feel like somebody out there is listening and is going to screw you on whatever you think it is that you're, you're about to do because uh, this was the first year because I've been there so long. Every single year, I'm like, I need to leave. And I'm always open to leaving. I'm always looking for opportunities to leave. But this was the year. Like, I took some time off this summer because uh, how hard I had worked. Uh, once the, the COVID restrictions had been lifted again, I went back to work and I worked full weeks every single week, or at least most weeks. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? Let me take a little time. Uh, because after I caught COVID, honestly, I was not the same. Like, uh, if I thought I was fat and lethargic before, just throw in some COVID fallout. And man, I was a wreck. So I took some time off. Uh, but when I was ready to come back, I was like, you know what? I'm committed to going one year with you guys. I legit told uh, one of my managers who uh, who had looked out for me last year. Uh, during those weeks where there wasn't a whole lot to do, she still found things for me to come in to do so that I would be able to to make a living. So I always had respect for her after that day. And so I'm like, you know what? Let me let her know that I'm on board this year. Don't worry about any of the, the staff shortages or whatever. I'm on board. I'll take care of all the stuff again. I'll do the job of four people by myself. No big deal. And of course, the universe heard that and was like, oh, you think you're going to get to stay the whole year and it's going to be great? No, no. Uh, let's, uh, let's throw a, a real monkey wrench in your plans. So this bullshit went down and I don't even know what's going on. They haven't let me go back to work since. And so I've been sitting here with just thinking about it and dealing with the the immense anxiety of the whole thing and believe me it's crossed my mind to just leave i'm like this isn't worth it i don't actually want to go back and work whether they're letting me go or not i'm leaving i've made the decision okay this is it i've talked about it so many years that ah you know i gotta leave i gotta leave i got i've made the decision this is this is the final i'm going to leave but i just don't know when and the only reason i'm going back at all because I talked to my brothers and they're like, are you kidding me? Like, do not go back. You don't need that job. Just go get another one. It's a bottom rung job. There's plenty of those. And the only reason I'm going back, I kid you not, is because uh, Italian baby girl and I, we finally picked up, man. Like the last shift I worked, it was amazing because it used to be we worked in the same place, so I would see her. You know, I'd get maybe five minutes with her um, every now and then. But things got shuffled because of all the staff shortages and stuff. The last shift, I worked with her. Like, she was my partner. It was so much fun. We flirted up a storm. 
like it was nonstop. We were there however many hours, and it was just like from beginning to end. Uh, before this shit happened, anyway, uh, where they took me out of there, took me away from my dream. I am so annoyed. That is the only reason I'm going back because I'm like, I felt like that day, if I got to do that for one year, it doesn't matter if Italian baby girl has a boyfriend or not. I'm like, if I get to flirt with her, however many days a week we're going to be working together moving forward, it's going to happen. Like, something will come of it. It's to the point where if she didn't exist... Or if she hated me and like never ever talked to me, I would just be like, okay, I'm gone. I wouldn't go back. I wouldn't go back in there and deal with... Because eventually they're going to talk to me about it and it's not going to be good. The fact that I took it on the chin, that's just telltale that I'm just going to go in there and, you know, if they're professional about it, they don't ream me out. Um, But it's not going to be good. They're going to be telling me how unprofessional I am and how uh, how I dropped the ball on this and that and, and whatnot and how my uh, behavior was inappropriate. Of course, it's all going to fall on me because I'm the bottom rung, right? So I don't look forward to that. I just want my shot with baby girl. We all do crazy shit for love and I guess I'm no exception. But it's a scary time in my life. Not because, like, whatever, like, how how they've treated me or whatever. I don't, whatever. It's not pleasant, but that's not what scares me. Um, what scares me is I've decided I'm leaving. And that is scary because I've been at this place for so many years. I've been at other jobs, of course. I've, I've operated, like, some sort of uh, immigrant fella and had, like, three part-time jobs at once. That's So it's not like I haven't had other jobs, but... This has been a mainstay for almost 10 years. So, you know, when all those other jobs, you know, fell apart, it's like I could come back here because in general, it used to be a nice place. And so, but it's so scary to be like, well, it's time to move on. It's time to turn the page. Especially because the job market, somebody's lying. Somebody... There, there's such a thing as fake news because they're saying there's 60,000 vacancies out there. Maybe 60,000 horrible friggin' jobs uh, that nobody wants. I've seen some of those. I've seen some of these like uh, kitchen jobs and like cleaning jobs, like bathroom attendant jobs. I've seen all these things that like they pay you minimum wage. Uh, it sounds like, at least in the kitchen, uh, they expect the world from you. And uh, they're not going to pay you. It it was so bad that one of the jobs was like, no, multiple. Yeah, I saw it a few times. It's like, yeah, we're looking for part-time cooks. And then just out of curiosity, I'm like, man, this is a a really shitty paying job. What do you exactly do? Uh, But the thing that stood out to me was like, why does it say part-time 40 hours? I'm like, that's a full-time job. But then I realized, aren't kitchen guys, like chefs and stuff, notoriously known for just being workaholics? Like 80 hours to them is uh, is a full-time gig, whereas 40 is part-time. Like, you'll never catch me dead working for you 40 friggin' hours for $15 an hour. The sheer fact you think 40 hours is a part-time gig 
tells me exactly everything I need to know about you and this job. You can shove it. I guess why I'm scared is because over the past week, I've sent out a bunch of resumes and I haven't heard back at all. And I know in this climate, it's not because they're taking their time going through all the candidates. They've already made up their minds, so they've passed on me. And yeah, I don't know where... It's not to the point where I don't know where my next meal's coming from. I live at home. I'm fine. Uh, but I'm a man at the end of the day, technically. I'm a man, technically, at the end of the day. At some point, if I'm leaving a job... There will need to be another job eventually so I can pay the bills, put a roof over my head, and get some groceries on the table. But I guess at the end of the day, I'm not as worried about getting a job. I'll get a job. It's just a matter of... Because right now I'm being kind of picky. I'm like, well, this seems like um, it would be different, possibly interesting, but certainly it's different than anything I've ever done. Um... And it seems like there's some upside. Let me give that a shot. Now, of course, I've heard nothing. But when push comes to shove, I'll just go, you know, maybe not that job, uh, that cook job for $15 an hour for 40 hours a week. But, you know, something uh, that's not ideal, but I feel like it's not the end of the world type of situation. I'll look into that, you know. I, I I would do a gig like that. But what really scares me is losing Italian baby girl because I've been invested in this girl for a long, long time. Not since Cutter Girl have I like chased a girl this hard and liked a girl this much. So like, I can't be mad at God because um, what's that going to get me? Like, I feel like me... Saying one thing in the universe, like, go screw yourself. Screw you and your arrogance. I feel like if I start being mad at a power greater than the universe, good things cannot come of it. And it's not me anymore. I'm not like that guy anymore. Um, Being mad at God and such. Or really even being mad at anyone. Like, there's people I don't like. I'm like, like the people who are involved in this incident. I'm like, well, if I never ever talk to them again... Uh, for the rest of my life, it would be too soon. But I don't, you know, right now I don't have hatred in my heart for them. I'm not mad at them. I don't want anything to do with them. But it's not like an emotional thing. I'm just like, meh. Didn't much care for any of that. You know, didn't care for the disrespect. Don't care for the way they are. I don't want anything to do with them. But back to Italian baby girl. I feel like for the first time since I've met her, she's finally at my fingertips. And then this happens. And the only thing I fear about this whole situation, because I could get fired. That's, I don't know that that's not going to happen. There's signs that that's going to happen. And I don't care about the job, as I said, but if I'm gone... That's it for me and Italian baby girl. She's got a guy. Like the only shot I have at her is like if we're working together like even a couple times a week for a long shift. Maybe I can work my way in there, right? But she's like a good girl. She's 
why I feel like she keeps me at a, uh, or at least used to keep me at a distance is because she's loyal to the boyfriend. She doesn't want to be talking to other guys. Um, so if I'm not there, if she is not professionally obligated to deal with me, I'm shit out of luck. You know, we're not going to have a correspondence. We're not going to be uh, texting each other. We're not going to be talking on the phone. Uh, I would try the texting, but realistically, she'll cut me off. So that's, it's something I'm afraid of. Um, the main thing, that, if I'm being completely honest. But yeah, the it's followed closely by, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do with my future, you know? Um this place was never going to be a future. It's not sustainable for it to be my future. But uh, so this feeling was going to happen eventually that I don't know what's next. And that scares the hell out of me. Like to the point where these past few days, and I remember this happening when I was 24 years old. I remember I was so scared at the time uh, because uh, I wasn't an actor anymore. I got into that industry uh, to help people and I got chewed up and spit out. Not the acting industry. Remember, I, I went into a different industry. Uh, I'm still so scarred by it. I won't I won't even talk about it, right? Um, but it wasn't even at the peak because like, it got really bad like a year later. But at this point, uh, I was out of work, uh, not an actor anymore, and I didn't know what I was going to do. And at this point, I just picked up the guitar and I just watched the movie Moneyball. And if you remember in that movie, uh, Billy Bean's kid, his daughter, sings a song in that, right? Plays a song on guitar. And that song turns out to be uh, Lenka's The Show. And there's a part in it that spoke to me so much. And I love that song so much because of it. And I just remember singing it to myself because it just... It fit. I could uh, relate to it. I could connect with that song. Because the lyrics went something like this. I'm just a little bit caught in the middle. Life is amazing. Love is a riddle. I don't know where to go. Can't do it alone. I've tried. And I don't know why I'm just a little girl Lost in the moment I'm so scared But I don't show it I... Where you get the gist of it And all of a sudden These past couple of days I've been singing it again Because it's relatable again I'm scared again I'm not scared to lose my job But I'm scared to no longer be working At that workplace Because of the girl of my dreams working there. Uh, I'm scared because I don't know what's next. I'm scared because I haven't landed a job in a market that's supposed to be filled with these bottom-rung shitty jobs. I haven't been able to get one. Granted, I haven't applied for the shitty ones. Maybe it's it's the shitty ones that's the answer. But then that scares me even more. I'm like, man, I can't be doing this shit when I'm like 50 years old. I, I, don't, I, I have serious doubts that even when I'm in my 40s that I'll be able to do these shitty jobs like not just like morally not just like mentally but like physically a lot of these jobs sound like 
you know, I'm a hard worker, you know, in some way, I guess. <laughs> At these jobs, I work really hard, but they're labor jobs, and I get my ass kicked. I'm tired all the time. And I'm only in my 30s. Like, I can't imagine doing this shit 10 years from now, 20 years from now. So that stuff scares that. I guess that, you know, really is the thing that scares me the most is like, like, am I going to be able to keep it together in my 40s and 50s? Like, right now, I have my family. Like, I have my youth. I can look in the mirror and be like, meh, you know? I still look like a young man. Give it a few years. Like, I don't know how I'm going to deal with that. But mostly, like, you know, eventually, you know, God forbid it happens anytime soon. But eventually, you know, my parents will be gone. And I joke about it all the time. I live in my daddy's basement. But I hope that I've never come across as... Oh, I don't like that situation. I love this situation. I love living with my folks. Well, one of my folks. But still, I love my mother. She doesn't feel the same way. But, you know, uh, most women don't, you know. You know, I've dragged my feet on recording this. But I think, as I said, the... I don't know if I said it this round because it's it's my third take on it, but I think there is anyone. I'm not uh, a religious guy, but I am a very spiritual guy. And uh, anyone who doesn't look at life and be like, I think there's a divine power that everything happens for a reason. I think that I don't think they have their eyes open, you know, because if you look at it. I dragged my heels for the longest time knowing damn well I was going to end the show. Yeah, sure, I you know, I was wishy-washy a bit, but I pretty I pretty sure I have been pretty sure like 99.9999% sure this was going to end. Yet I dragged my heels on it, but it's ending now at the perfect time like one of the worst times in my life. This past week has been friggin' hell, all right? Uh, the amount of anxiety and duress I've been put through because this is nonsense. But then, you know, the decision to leave and to look out there and be afraid and potentially, you know, lose the chance of taking a shot at a girl that... I could love in every way, shape, and form. It kind of coincides neatly and nicely with the end of the Kenny Ho show. The end of my hope. Because this was supposed to be the rocket ship, man. In life, when you can't sell results, you sell hope. And for 10 years, this was my hope. And even though it's very, very hard to let go of the Kenny Ho show... I'm scared to let it go. It's time to let it go. Although, you shouldn't let the Kenny Ho show go. My favorite line in Smallville, I have a bunch, but it's up there, was one of the last lines from the season 10 finale, the series finale. Uh, Jonathan Kent at one point is holding the Superman suit and he turns to his son Clark and he says, always hold on to Smallville. And he's saying this into the camera. So clearly it was meant for Clark, but it was clearly designed 
for the audience who had been with them for 10 years, always hold on to Smallville. And I always did. I always held on to Smallville. That's that's still my show, man. That's I Clark Kent spoke to me, man. Because I've always I've always seen myself as a good kid, a good person, and Clark was the ultimate Boy Scout. And I, I followed in his footsteps. I'm not even close at this point. I did my best for years, but I'm not even close at this point. I haven't tried. But sometimes, you know, that side of me comes back. You know, the side that wants to do good in this world. To be a big boy scout. To be uh, a light. To be a shining example. I want to be that. I know I'm not that. I don't know that I'll ever be that ever again. But I've always held on to Smallville. It's always held a special spot in my heart. It still inspires me. You know, as damaged as I am, I I keep going and I keep trying to do better. I keep trying to do well. At times, try to do good. And I think in part that comes from Smallville. In part, it comes from my family, my upbringing, right? So I say to you, Always hold on to the Kenny Ho Show, for there will never be another one like it. Why? Because if someone else is doing a Kenny Ho Show, it's going to get really popular and then canceled. Only I could do it for 10 years, under the radar, nobody gave a shit, other than a few hardcore people who are sick and tired of the PC culture. Not dickholes who you know want to hurt others and do bad things and want to watch the world burn although there's probably a little of that because i keep i keep calling for i keep calling for the meteor i keep calling for the nukes but just people who are like you know what can we just laugh at this shit can we make jokes again can we point out how ridiculous everything is it's just too bad There weren't more of you. It's just too bad I flew way too under the radar. It's too bad y'all decided, other than Jeff Vita, who used to share my work a lot and uh, preach the good word of the Kenny Ho Show. Other than that, nobody was retweeting me. Nobody was sharing this with people. People were goddamn ashamed to be associated with the Kenny Ho Show. It was a guilty pleasure. But now is not the time to pick a bone with anybody. It is what it is. Again, I, I don't really get mad anymore. Uh, anxiety abound? Absolutely. Mad? What does that serve, you know? So this is it. The finale. The end has come. And I leave you with I'll leave you with a couple things, but uh, uh, there was a a line uh, that I found to be beautiful in my own work. That's right, baby. Episode 200. I had a great closer. Someday, maybe somebody will love me like I need. Someday, I won't have to prove because somebody will see. All my worth, but until then I'll do just fine on my own With my cigarettes in his old dirt road
still speaks to me. I don't know how much longer I can hold up for, honestly. I have no interest in killing myself, but goddamn, my will to live is not strong. I won't end my own life, but like if a meteor were to show up, I'd be like, oh, thank the good Lord. Let's call it a day, man. He's like, well, you do understand you're going downstairs and you know what happens downstairs, right? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get to sleep with a bunch of bad bitches. He's like, <laughs> oh, you. The only sex that's going to happen is my son Lucy with his pitchfork and your ass. <laughs> I've never done a God voice on the show, have I? A new character for the next hundred episodes. No, no, it's over. End of the Kenny Ho show. Well, in the immortal words of one of my favorite shows of all time, The Hundred. My gameplay stayed on. My fight is over. All right, that's it. That's it. There is no more. That's the final Kenny Ho show forever. There is no next time. That's it. So just take care of yourself. Honestly. Lindsay Fonseca, Hillary Duff, Lily Collins, Kristen Crook, Natalie Portman, I know y'all didn't listen, but my God, you would have been impressed. And I hope you were impressed. Because if I had to say so myself, I was damn good. Toodles! <laughs>